Hello, you're listening to the Taku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo. And we, today we are doing our first of four summer 2016 anime season reviews. So we should talk even slower. Why are we talking slower? I don't know. You seem like you're losing your energy halfway through the... I'm tired. Okay. You're tired? It's always good to be tired. It means you've been working. It's always good. I think I'm tired because I've just consumed a whole bunch of stuff from that Doki Doki boxy, and I'm probably unhealthy now. <laughs> <laughs> Tons of snacks and crackers and chips. and. Uh, um, but yeah, our opening it's was... It's coming, guys. It, you, you'll, it'll be on the videos. It's opposite to what we should be feeling right now, because technically everybody got to listen to Sakura Skip by Fourfolium, the new game OP. That's what we opened up with. I wanted to give it one more time on the podcast, because I'm sure everybody that has watched it has finished the show, and they're going, I don't get to hear that opening anymore, so there you go, you have the opening. You need to listen to it, it gets to make your day. I don't know, I was looking forward to some uh, some of the ReZero stuff. Yeah, we can do that later, because we're going to do some discussion uh-huh. about ReZero, and we okay. have plenty of room for that. Um, but yeah, this is our, again, our, our summer 2016 anime season reviews, the season's wrapping up, so it's time to give our opinions on all these shows, and we'll be doing this for the next four weeks, so we get plenty of time for each of the shows, about four each of them. Um, this Today's is going to be New Game, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, Unicorn, Re-0096, Servomp, uh, Taboo Tattoo, Sweetness and Lightning, Re-Zero, Starting Life in Another World, Re-Petite, the shorts, and Berserk. I put Berserk on the end because I want anybody who has any inclination to even try to watch that original show, to you can avoid listening to that part of it because it's I have to technically talk about what the character's doing, and that might be really, very sensitive spoiler for some people, so. And then at the end, we can, I'm thinking we'll do, probably do some ReZero talk. You think so? Yeah, we'll do a closing, we'll do some ReZero talk. You heard, you heard it, guys. Andrew has made promises. Made the promise, gotta keep up with it now, so, yeah. Uh, we're gonna kick things off with uh, New Game. New Game is a series that was streaming on Crunchyroll, and for 12 episodes, it was done by Studio Dogo Kubo, who is recently Andrew's, one of his favorite studios, because they're just doing awesome stuff. Uh, it's based off of a four-comma uh, manga, which is also really awesome because, again, this is going to be another one of those to add to the list of shows that does four-comma in a way that doesn't feel like a four-comma. So, it basically, it's a four-panel. So, uh, It was written by uh, Shotaro Tokuno, who, uh, if you don't know, what I got from the searches I did, so I'm hoping it's the same person, I've heard that the writer is actually from the game development world. Um, and what I was able to find from that name was somebody who did Star Ocean, The Last Hope, and Valkyrie Profile 2 modeling and character design. So, if you are worried about this not doing a proper portrayal of the video game industry, uh, there you go. The writer was actually from that world, and uh, this was the show that he wanted to create. So, uh, But yeah, this is a story that follows Aoba. She has just graduated from high school, and she immediately found work at one of her favorite studios ever, which made the game that she played to death when she was in middle school or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and the studio is... Why well, don't I have it written down? Eagle Jump? Eagle Jump, yes. Eagle Jump. Um, Eagle Jump Studio. When she arrives there, everybody mistakes her for being a child that's lost or something like that. And she's like, no, I'm actually working here. It's my first day. Uh, they bring her in, and she's an artist. They, they hire her in as an artist. And so immediately she gets to work on learning their software so that she can learn how to create character designs, 3D models that will go into a video game. And along the way, she meets her coworkers, 
and discovers their future plans for what game they're going to create, create that game, win or lose, and a conclusion. So, yeah. Your thoughts? I'll give you, I'll give you the stage first. Really? Yeah. What? It's been a while, I, so I can't, I can't say it. I can't say it because it'll it'll sound bad. Yeah. Um. I enjoyed myself watching the show. I can do that, right? I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't get in trouble for saying I enjoyed myself. Okay. Um. I had a lot of fun. Uh. The characters very very lively. Very fun to interactions between each each ones. Uh. I love each character's personality as they came out. Um. Especially when they the 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 quirks. At, started showing through through the uh the actual characters um i i i very much i I, i'm thinking of umiko in particular she just was such a blast to watch a lot of her interactions with a lot of these characters um enjoyed hifumi uh very very shy very vocal when it comes to texting (laughs) so i had a lot of fun watching these characters and their interactions i got a real big kick out of seeing some of the background um, how the uh, artwork is put into the system and, and how that all works and and the tweaking and avoiding bugs and stuff like that. I thought that was really neat. A lot of cool inner insight into the gaming industry. Yeah, I think that's one of the great things about it because I think whenever we get a show like this, it's always refreshing because I always like to see these shows that are about you know a workplace. Um, Shirabako, uh, Servanex Service, um, Shows like that where it 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 is a character going into a workspace, and there's always the element of and like say you life is another one. There's always the element of like okay, well, how much of it are they going to show? Is it going to be strictly a comedy? Because yeah, at at the front, this show is a cute, fun comedy type show. But then there's always the how far into the industry are they going to go? Because that's always the question. I want to have that interaction if it's available and if they're willing to do it. And this one just treads just enough it is not overwhelming it's not shirabako levels it's not high drama um but every now and then they kind of dip into it and it's always lighthearted. it and and i think that's what he was kind of going for he was wanting to go for this lighthearted look at the industry he's not wasn't looking for to make a shirabako or something like that and i like it for that i i, I think it pulled off very well because the characters are fun the characters are cute um they all have their quirks to them I loved Kyle and Ren. Their relationship was really awesome. They were the uh, the VP and the and the uh, character chief designer, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were really cute. Uh, touching into the debugging area when it came to whatever Ioba or the rest of the designers pass off of them how it how it reacts into the the video game itself. Looking for the bugs, bringing another character to look for the bugs, and. That stuff, like I said, was just enough into the industry that it was really, really interesting to balance off whenever it doesn't have some really high comedic beats. And even then, when it does get into those elements, it still always has like a light hardness to it. It always has a, you messed up, learn from your mistake, move on kind of thing. But even then, it still had some really cool little meshes in there. I, I love the whole moment of uh, don't accept good enough. That's always kind of a really cool little... Uh, was a really cool little moment in the story. Uh, seeing their work put into play, going into the final moments where they kind of see it in motion, something you created becoming something, all that stuff was really cool. So I think it touched on the stuff well enough that I wasn't feeling like it was just a comedy. So if you're looking for something that insights into the video game realm, but not heavy, but you still want to have a lot of fun and have some cute characters, New Game pulls it off really well. So... 
Um, I add a new element to our reviews um, because I know every now and then somebody kind of points out that they don't like s- certain elements. So if you don't really care what's in content in your shows and you just want to have whatever, um, you can ignore this part. But for those that, you know, I'm, I like shows like this, but I'm afraid of this. This is what this section of it. I, I made a warning section. So uh, be aware that um, this show does have some unaware scenes. Uh, particularly one character likes to uh, stay the night over at, in the office and she doesn't want to wear her pants when she's sleeping there. So she's often caught in with no pants on. So keep in mind there are some unaware scenes. There is one bath scene. So be aware of that content being in there. But I think overall it kept it very safe. It was very fun. It was never sexualized. It was always kind of for cuteness or just because it happened kind of thing. So... I don't think it pushed too, too much in the realm of being inappropriate. So, um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this show. I think it was a fantastic show. Again, like I said before, Dogo Cabo is doing a great job. They, they're, they're not in the levels of KyoAni because KyoAni has like hyper detail and stuff in the environments and stuff. But it's it's getting there. Dogo Cabo is getting to the to the area of KyoAni where it's just really loving, uh, lovely, very fun, very detailed, very lively and animated characters and just hair flowing uh animation the characters do not never look stiff um rarely do i ever see wonky character designs they just their their quality is always top notch so i definitely give them credit for that and they pull it off yeah anything else you want to add to it no i no? i i can't say you love this show i can't say that <laughs> um yeah I also I got a lot, I got a lot of really fun moments in the show. I I love the whole AC uh, uh, fight that they had. The like I said, the Umiko she's a little overwhelming bearing, but that's what she is. And I love the character's reaction. She to had Umiko. a heart of gold. I loved it. She just was misunderstood. I loved how misunderstood. Well, she, she was, was. That's what that's what's another great thing is like even though they it is a fun show, there is still that element of yeah. Technically, this is a job. So yeah, she's gonna come up and say. Look, you can't keep going over there because <laughs> you got to work. You were you're here to be paid to work. So get to work kind of thing. Um and that was kind of Elmond and Alba and her learning her job and stuff like that too. So yeah, it was really really great. Um and there was a I don't want to spoil it, but there was a really cool uh, really funny scene towards the end where uh there was a uh they were at a line and <laughs> and they spoke up and said something they really shouldn't have been saying and I was the entire thing going you really did not just do that. <laughs> it was I, I I couldn't stop thinking about that. I was I was laughing so hard. How how what a goofy decision you just made. It was it was awesome. I liked the present. The present. The present. I'm forgetting the present. Apparently, I'll I'll talk about it later. But yeah, really really good stuff. Um, so definitely check that out if you're looking for uh, if you watch the show and you're looking for other shows like it, or if it sounds something like you like but just not quite. Um, I can definitely suggest, like I said earlier, Say You Life. If you're looking for something in the industry, uh, Say You Life balances the comedy and the seriousness, just like New Game. But I think they go a little bit more into the serious than New Game does. Uh, Shirobako is definitely more into the serious tone, but it does still have uh, some fun elements in there. But it's definitely a great insight into animation. Uh, I didn't mention, but Say You Life is more into voice acting. Um, Working is a great show about working in a cafe. It's very heavy on the uh, comedy, not so much in the industry, but it still has it in its set. Uh, Is the Order Rabbit is a fun cafe setting with cute girls. And Three Leaves, Three Colors is another Dugokabu, which is really fun and really cute. So 
check those ones out if you will. Um, our next one we have is Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn Re-0096. I should have let you go second on the new game because now I'm going to talk a whole bunch because uh, I was the one that watched this one. Uh, this one is Kido Senshi Gundam UC uh, Re-0096. Uh, this is the TV release of the original release of the... It was originally an OVA, and they released it now on TV. Um, and it was split up into 22 episodes, which streamed on Crunchyroll and Daisuke. And uh, it simultaneously released with a dub. So if you're a dub person, the dub's already out there. You can go check that out. It was done by Studio Sunrise, of course, because Studio Sunrise does all the Gundam stuff, and they, they love their Gundam. Uh, the source was a novel, and it is... Uh, set in a, it is set in the universal century of 0096, as the 0096 would lead you to believe. Um, and this one kicks off with you following Banner Links, who is at a training facility, and he notices activity outside of the window at some point. Um, he's ends up spotting somebody who calls herself Audrey and falls after her to try to help her. And come to find out that she is involved in this attempt to stop the transfer of what they call the uh, the Laplace's key, uh, which is the tool that will be used to open what they call Laplace's box. Which Laplace's box is this unknown thing that will possibly change the ties in the war, uh, because the new Zeon is appearing and it is going against the Earth Federation. And Audrey is trying to stop this key from being transferred um, from Cardius Vist in this particular, they're out in space, and they're in the space colony, from this Cardius Vist to the new Neon, uh, the new Zeons, Neo Zeons. Um, so he ends up, Banagher Lynx ends up getting wrapped up in this kind of feud that was happening over this box. He ends up uh, boarding what they call his Unicorn Gundam, and the Unicorn Gundam is essentially the key, and he's caught up between both the Neo, Ze- Neo Zeons and the... Uh, the Earth Federation in who's going to get that box. And I think uh, my problem with this show early on was that what ended up happening was that you end up having Banagher Lynx, who is being kind of tossed like a ping pong ball between these two sides. Neither side wants to kill him because he's the only one that can actually pilot this Gundam. It's kind of set to him. It is the key to this thing that everybody wants. Um, so, He'll be on one side, and then he'll the battle will happen. He'll end up getting captured by the other side. They'll bring him in, kind of show him their side of the story, why they're fighting the way they are, and then he'll get tossed to the other side again, and then he'll see their side again. So it was like the the first the first real like first eleven episodes was really this kind of ping pong back and forth that I really didn't care. For. It was nice to kind of see the sides of both this both sides of this uh, this battle that was happening between these two seeing their the reasons for what they're doing. Um, but it wasn't really interesting to me. It really wasn't until that second half, past the 11th episode, when it started really kind of kicking up for me because it really does start getting into the uh, the new types. It starts getting into the characters. I especially liked uh, Marita Cruz and uh, Zinnerman. Their, their relationship was really awesome to watch. Um, it's... I didn't care much for uh, Ritty uh, Mark Markinas, if I'm saying that right. Didn't really care for him. He was kind of the character that they kind of threw into the vengeance role. I guess you can call him a, a vengeance role. Um, but 
I guess it was really in that second half that I started really getting interested in the characters because I think a lot of it was Marita Cruz, but uh, and that kind of helped me keep with the show. But I think overall, my issue I had, and it was, I had two separate things happening at the same time that I was watching the show. The, the first thing that was happening was that we were watching the original Gundam series because we got it for review, and that one's back in, what was it, 0076 or 79? Uh, yeah, something like that. And that really kind of started showing me more insight into a lot of the characters. So it was really one of those things where I really probably shouldn't have been here. <laughs> well, that was what I was eventually going to ask is, is this a show that anybody should be able to watch? Because that's what I was under the understanding was that you see is a great entrance point for most anybody. You get to understand everything or is it better to have actually watched the Gundam stuff and then eventually go into this? Or is it more along the lines of, it's fine for anybody entry level, but you get more out of it because of everything else? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because the thing is, I, I wasn't lost watching the show. I, I got the idea of, here's the Neozeons, here's the, uh, the Federation. You, you see the obvious sides. You see that a character's being thrown to these two sides. You see that there is this object that they want to get to. Um, I think the only thing you're really going to be lost on is probably if it's the, the first time, the first thing you actually look at for the entire universe is you're probably going to be lost about the, the new types. Cause I don't think they really specifically get into what a new type is. Hmm. It's just this character is a new type and crazy psycho stuff happens. <laughs> and that's funny because I don't, I don't, I won't, I'm not sure if I can really say that any of the first Gundams really explain what a new type is. It's kind of just but something you're getting that you learn. You learn as they are right. learning. Right. And that's that's the natural the natural progression was in the original show you get this one character who is a new type and you're kind of going that's kind of weird. But then over time they're introducing other ones but they're also at the same time going this is a new type and we're afraid of it or this is a new type and this is our key. In this one it's just that character's new type, and he's doing a really awesome job because he's new type. That's really all you're getting. But that said, I still was enhanced by the original series because I started going, oh, I know where this character came from. I remember it from the old show. Or, oh, that's that character. I didn't, and I was literally going, oh my gosh, there's these, these all these characters I remember from the original show, even though it's spoiling me because now I know that they're going to last through all the, the, you know, prior UCs because obviously they're in this UC. Um, but it was just one of those things that kind of enhanced it. I was like, I'm enjoying seeing these characters come back and I'm enjoying seeing how they're affecting the world because they survived. So it was kind of an enhancement thing. I was never really lost. I think the thing that was really happening was at the same time that I was watching it, I'm hearing from people that watched the original OVA and they're going, the way they transitioned that made no sense. That was, I could see that being confusing and I'm going, yeah, I can kind of see that. I it, The entire show feels like it's it's not overly obvious, but at the same time, it feels disjointed at times. Like, there's... it. it it's like, I know there might be possibly something missing between this point and this point that they maybe cut out or something like that, or they transitioned something wrong, or they, they spliced it together incorrectly. I can't quite place it. It just doesn't feel like it was cohesive enough. But that said, like I said, that second half of uh, Unicorn uh, Re-096 was enjoyable. I enjoyed the characters. I started getting attached to them. There was some really solid uh, struggles that were happening. 
I love the whole case where you have basically Federation and Zeons in the same location and they're basically having to be forced to do a ceasefire. Those scenes were really cool. Uh, the final reveals was okay. It was kind of, it felt a little bit, uh, disappointing. <laughs> like the final moments was this big reveal that was a little bit disappointing, but I think it, it wrapped it up nicely. It was a decent ending to it and it had some really awesome ba- battle scenes in here and there. So I enjoyed it. It was not knock it out of the park. I, so badly want to go and watch the OVAs now. I think when I was telling Chris, I'm like, he's he's asking, should he watch it now that we're watching the old ones? I'm like, what I want to do is watch the, all the way through the old ones, and then I want to watch the OVA because I want to know well, if is that it, is, feels more cohesive. Is it? Yeah, you you have in the notes. You have uh, it, it can be a little violent at times. Is it more darker than the other Gundams? Because like I said before, I I'm actually finding that the Gundams are not as dark as people have made them out to be i mean by violent i why why i put violent in there it's really an element of yeah colonies are blowing up and people are you it it, you get the idea that people are dying and a laser goes through a cockpit and you see the person disintegrate from their head down i mean it's that kind of stuff is that if that's offensive to you that's in there so that's really why i put that in there yeah so i it's not like blood and guts flying everywhere it's just yeah, literally a laser went through that cockpit I mean, and the I mean, person was disintegrated from his when, head down. When it comes down to it, Iron-Blooded Orphans was as dark as I could probably stomach. And that, I had a hard time with that. But at the same time, what were they doing with Iron-Blooded Orphans is they were focusing on the emotion involving it. Yeah. More than they do in most of the other Gundams. Yeah, Iron-Blooded was definitely definitely a lot more violent. Because you, you literally see characters that are suffering and slowly dying kind of right. stuff. Uh, it's more personal rather than just a laser beam goes through a cockpit. Which, don't get me wrong, I, I appreciate Mario Kata approaching that, but it is a difference in tone if you think about it. And I guess an idea of the attachment to the character, there was a lot of characters that I actually really enjoyed in the show, and to see a lot of them go was really sucked. <laughs> so this this show actually managed me to have, have a couple characters where I was like, that sucks that that, that happened. Like it, it had that enough attachment for some of these characters that... I had that feeling, so they they pulled off at least connecting me to a few characters. So yeah, it's not bad. Girl Which links. that's good. Writing. I, mean, I, I never care for bad. Girl there's a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like my suggestion to it is, if you watch the other Gundams, you need to go watch this. I would, based on what I'm hearing, I would probably say the OVAs because everybody's saying OVA is better. So go for that instead. But well, it's there's not also the it. aspect of this is available. I don't think the OVAs are available. Are they? I think you can buy them on Blu-ray, but yeah. All right. There might be a difficult there. So uh, depending on how, how you want to think about it. So. Suggestions. Other Gundam. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's tons of Gundams out there. You can definitely check them out. Uh, my favorite so far has been Iron-Blooded Orphans. Um, I don't remember the other ones enough to be able to suggest them, but um, I know everybody like Wing and stuff like that much more, but I'll leave it to you decide. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are more informed on it than I am. Um Outside of Gundam, if you're looking for under other mecha stuff, uh, I'll, know zero, I'll know a zero. The first season only. Only watch the first season and then stop watching. That's what I suggest everybody do. Stop watching before the last episode. No, you can watch the last episode. It's <laughs> no. fine. Just not, no, don't no. watch past that. No, don't watch the last episode. <laughs> I don't really know other Gundams that I've... Or other mechas that I really, really like. Well, wait, just... wait, wait. You can watch up to just before the last episode, skip a few episodes in the second season, and then just learn about Icon. <laughs> I forgot about Icoon. How can we forget about Icoon? Yeah, if you cut out the second season, you completely miss miss out on Icoon. 
I hope I did that unicorn justice. I, I, I really struggle with it because I was lost in it most of the time, but that later half I really enjoyed. Um, I didn't care for some of the CG that they used for the, the Gundams, um, but there was a lot of really cool battle scenes, especially when it came back to Earth and it was just really cool, gritty, awesome mecha fights. So that's always awesome to have some good mecha. It had pretty awesome final moments to it, too. Um, but yeah, don't kill me too much. I, I, I want to watch the OVA before I, I pass full judgment on the you know, UC 0096. All right. Yeah. Uh, so expect that eventually in the long future. <laughs> uh, our next one we have is Servamp. Time for Servamp. Uh, this one was uh, ran for 12 episodes, streamed on Funimation, uh, was done by Studio Brainspace. Uh, is based off of a manga that I believe is still going um, and it is takes place in a world where vampires exist, or namely these things called Servamp. And what a Servamp is what is basically it is pretty much a vampire. Um, but the weird thing about it in this particular world is that they can connect to a human, and when they connect to the human, they kind of make like a pact. Um, I forget what they call the Eve. The the Eve. Thank you. I forgot to put that on my thing. I was going to put it on my thing. Uh, and a human becomes an Eve, which is somebody who is connected to one of these Servamps, and then they can, it kind of gives them more strength. Like, they can suck the Eve's blood and become even more powerful. But what it opens up is you're, you follow uh, Mahiru, and Mahiru is just a typical boy. He actually points out very specifically that he does not like complicated things. He likes a simple, standard life. Um, but that, of course, he's an anime, so that's not going to stick. No. <laughs> he ends up finding this stray, which is named Kuro. He calls Kuro. Um, brings it into his home, and then when he comes home later, he finds a a full-grown person sitting in front of his television, and it turns out to be Kuro, and he realizes that it, he's actually a vampire, and by giving him a name, I think, was what made him... A gift and a name. It, uh, yeah, a gift and a name. Uh, made him basically his servant, and now they're stuck with each other, basically. Um, but shortly later, um, his... Mahiru's friends come under attack by a what looked like a vampire, and he is forced to use Kuro to fight against that person and save his friends. And that's when he discovers the true power of the the Servamps and tries to rescue them. And this kind of continues on as you learn uh, of other people who are Eves that have Servamps with them, and then it gets into subclasses who are basically. Uh, essentially, people who are turned into vampires who are con- who are under each of these servamps and then you come to find out that uh, these servamps are basically eight siblings that know each other and some kind of underlining feud that is be- be- between them that you eventually discover and what what that means for Mahiru and his friends and stuff like that so yeah i i, <laughs> I did not like this show starting out i really did not like this show i don't know what it was about it it just didn't feel like it was for me like, I was really fearing it would be just, here's a bunch of pretty boys, which it still is technically a bunch of pretty boys, um, with a dark tone to it, and it was a little weird. And then, I don't know if it was, I think it was shortly after uh, my hero faced his first kind of true conflict uh, enemy, I guess is the best way I can put it, um, and he joins up with Mas- uh, Misono, and, and they first introduced the 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 hidden uh, puppet master girl. I, I guess that's the best way to put it, because I think that's the first time she showed up. After that episode, going forward, 
I really started liking the show. Like it was, I did not like it at first for like in the first three episodes. I want to say it was on the drop list. Yeah, literally. Yeah, and but we, I think it was you that wanted to kind of. You were still saying I, I kind of want to stick with it. Yeah, I want to keep keep with it. it and was, so to me, it was interesting. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, I'll I'll give him Servant, so we'll keep watching Servant. And I'm like, after a while, I'm going, I'm glad we didn't drop this because. I can't quite place it. It is literally a manga show, so really nothing truly gets... The overall plot never really does develop. They they introduce this other group that is in, like, half an episode and then shows up towards the end and then is never talked about again. Um, nothing is truly resolved, but it didn't upset me. I was still... I still enjoyed it. So I, I acknowledge the flaws in the fact that there really is no grandiose ending to this. It, there is a conflict that they do resolve. And I I see some flaws in it, but I like I, I like the tone. It's weird. It's dark. It gets really brutal at times. And then there's Hyde and Lix who are just I love that two group. They were awesome. Mikuni, it was not Mikuni, uh Tetsu and and who was awesome. There's some really cool characters. I like the interactions. It's a dark setting. It's weird. It's eerie. And it gets kind of violent at times. But I think all that really did well. And they they managed to balance in the comedy really well, as opposed to something we're gonna talk about later. It does well and it throws in the comedy beats, but it does it well timed. And I I struggle with Chris. I'm like, I almost want to make a podcast episode about handling comedy in shows and how I don't understand how this show pulls off the comedy in a very dark setting and other shows don't. This one just does it for me and it did it well and I I was entertained. I, I really enjoyed the later parts of the show. I, I actually I, I think that what this this show does it has a very solid balance between plot and characters. I enjoyed the characters. I, I had a lot of fun with them. Um, Kuro being his Mundukai character that just doesn't want to deal with anything. The, the world is just a pile of annoying life, and he hates it. <laughs> and and how that trans transfers into Mahiro, who is when it comes down to it, technically he doesn't want to deal with anything in life except for he wants to protect his friends and. This all, all this balanced out as as you get into each one of the characters and their kind of little things and quirks and they do the they do the seven deadly sins kind of thing. Yeah, and and it was really interesting on how all those things kind of came forward in the end, and I really liked that. I th- thought the character interactions were great, um, and then at the same time, it had this this perfect blend to me of having just enough world in there, and I think that's w- kind of where. I, I like the fact that Andrew kind of finally picked up on the on the world, which I think is what is kind of the yeah, at first it wasn't really into the world. It was just boom, you have a bunch of vampires and vampires suck blood and they don't like each other. And it, that was really kind of the plot at the beginning. And then as you, and to me, I'm fine because I have characters and I'm interested in the characters and what they're doing. And at the same time, towards the end, Andrew's kind of pointing out that he's liking the kind of story. And it was like, that's true. Because really, the you start introducing other factions, which I don't really want to get into. But And at the same time, you're digging into this other 
vampire and why why does that vampire fit into the grand scheme of things and so i i loved that about this and it just kind of that happy balance between story and characters and i thought it did really well um i i i admit i don't think it was knock it out of the park type show i i think it it did very good at being an entertaining show through the entire thing yeah, I think it was towards later parts. It's really kind of introducing the subclasses. It's really getting into what I liked about it is that and this is so going to be great because I, I keep wanting to reference this other show we're going to talk about, and we're going to get into that when we get into it. But it does the uh, it does the getting to know the bad guy well. Like it, this is one of those shows where I still acknowledge that the bad technically the bad side, quote unquote, is bad. But they sell me on them so much. They sell me on them being entertaining. They sell me on them being what they are for their own reasons, what drives them, how they do kind of have human tendencies in how they respond to protecting something. And getting that insight to the other side was really cool because it made me accept when they do comedic beats. It lets me accept... uh, what they're doing and why they're doing it. It's not some big, huge, granio thing until you get towards the later parts, and I don't want to spoil that, but it's enough that until I get to that grandiose part, I'm not constantly going, when are they going to show me why I give a crap about why this guy is so angry? When are they going to show me why this guy is so crazy? I'm constantly going, I'll find that out later because they're selling me in the now, I guess is the best way I can put it, because uh, like Subaki, it was a really cool villain. At first, I was going, yeah, you're bad. I get it. And obviously, you're unapologetic, and you don't need to be technically because you're a strong vampire. (laughs) But it did well in letting me know the character. And I guess the best way to put it, I enjoyed that character when he was on screen. So I love the laugh. (laughs) It was just very, very fun laugh. Uh, Not interesting. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, really... I'm on the same page, Chris. I don't think it was insanely incredible. It's just I was entertained. I enjoyed the characters. Like I said earlier, I definitely loved Hyde and Lish. Definitely loved Hyde's backstory. Um, and they, they, Hyde was easily one of the highlights of the show. And his, I think his... that they were the two that they spent the most time really diving into. Because technically, Hyde and Kuro are the only characters they get into deep backstory on. They kind of did with Subaki as well. But yeah, that's kind of... The, the obvious the big thing, the yeah. bad guy. <laughs> um, so it was cool. I I, I, I appreciate it. I, I was kind of surprised they didn't get in, too far into Musono and Snow Lily, uh, but I'm assuming that's probably later in the manga or whatever. And there was still one other of the eight siblings they never even touched. She showed up in this one room, and that was it, and I kind of found that funny. Um, but, yeah. I would I would love to see another season of this, um, but for now, I think it does well. I'd, I'm not upset by its conclusion. I'm just, I want to, I would like to see more. It felt like a chapter, and I guess is the best way we usually put it. So, yeah. If any of that sounds interesting, definitely check it out. Uh, warnings, like I said earlier, it does get very violent at times. There's blood and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was definitely more of the earlier parts was very violent. More of the later parts, it's kind of vampire versus vampire stuff, so it doesn't get too in that realm, but it's still violent kind of stuff. So keep that in mind. If you're looking for other shows that uh, we can suggest, uh, if you're looking for more vampires, Seraph of the End is another one that we we enjoyed. Uh, Soul Eater definitely has the same kind of tone to it, where it's dark, and it still juggles in the comedy very well. Very stylized. Yep, yep. And uh, Dead Man Wonderland, I 
think that was a total manga bait, so keep that in mind. But it does have the dark mixed with comedy thing. It didn't work for me. It might work for other people, but it's in that same realm of dark, but still willing to kind of make try to make you laugh kind of stuff. So, yeah. Moving forward. The one that I keep referencing, <laughs> Taboo Tattoo. <laughs> I can finally talk about it. Um, yeah, Taboo Tattoo. This one streamed on Crunchyroll ran for 12 episodes. Uh, was done by studio JC Staff. It was based off a manga that is ongoing. And this one follows uh, Segi. And Segi is a common boy. And at some point, he sees a guy being mugged. And knowing, uh, being actually trained in martial arts, he decides to go, not because of that, but he decides to go help uh, this, what looked like a, you know, a, a homeless guy being beat up. Goes to save him. And as the guy is thanking him for helping him, he says, here, take this, and sticks a, what look like a kind of a glass tablet onto his hand, and it burns a tattoo on Segi's hand, and the guy runs off. Uh, well, later on, he comes to find out uh, this girl named Bluesy Floozy, or as they call her, Easy. Izzy notices the tattoo on his hand, takes him to a location, and then attacks him. Says that he has this tattoo, it gives him special powers, and she is from a certain organization that is supposed to find and capture these tattoos or take them back by force if they have to. Um, but then she decides that uh, because his tattoo is a little special, that she is going to take him under his wing or her wing and train him and bring him into her task force for finding the tattoos because she wants to keep it under wraps because his tattoo is special. And then he ends up being introduced to this kind of conflict that is going around the world between two sides. That technically, uh, mankind has created these tattoos. They are things that grant people special powers and is a new type of weapon. And now there's kind of an arms war for them. It's the Americans versus the Serenista kingdom. And they're trying to keep one side or the other from... Or they're trying to keep the Serenista kingdom from being able to get these because they come to find out the Serenista company or kingdom has uh, had a coup happen and the daughter of the president has taken over and she is looking to become super powerful so that's basically your opening and we follow Segi and Bluesy Floozy as they go around and try to find these tattoos and eventually go up against the princess and stop her from her plans um, as I've alluded to the entire podcast, this is the one where I have a lot of issues with how they balance comedy. I, uh, this one had huge, in my opinion, pacing issues. This is a show that is constantly seems like it's on fast forward. Uh, something will happen. Somebody is nearly dying and then it will just fast forward through it. Then they're giggling and we're supposed to laugh with the bad guy who's technically just killed 15 people and transition to boob grabbing and moving on. It, I had a lot of issues connecting with this show. And this is, this is my, this is my opinion. This is strictly my opinion. I'm not, I'm not going to say everybody's going to have the eight same issues as me. These are the issues that I had. I found their attempt to make me laugh comedically with the bad guys. When I've seen them do very violent things, uh, unsettling to me. And, the rate in which things were moving forward at times felt out of pace for me. So I I had so many issues. I, I enjoyed a lot of the combat sequences. It had a cool concept to it, the idea of these tattoos, granting abilities. 
the side effects of those, um, the struggle between these factions. That was kind of cool. Some of the characters were kind of cool. But it was constantly trumped by the pacing. It was constantly trumped by very, very badly placed comedy. I mean, people are being cut in half, and then two seconds later, here's Tom Shredfield, and he's doing a goofy panic face and scampering away. It's like, dude just died, and blood flying everywhere. It You were selling me on that being a very serious moment, and then you're slapping me in the face over here. So it didn't mesh with me at all most of the time, and that's really where my problem comes from. Like I said, there's some cool action scenes. They did some pretty cool stuff with the animation. They did a lot of panning uh, CG stuff with the, uh, like the, when a character would jump forward, it would do this kind of CG, uh, panning and it did it well enough that it wasn't jarring to me. And you know, I'm a stickler against CG stuff. Um, and it did it well enough that I, it didn't bother me. And I think that a lot of that stuff was really cool. I think they were trying to go for something different and unique at the same time. There was also a lot of stills and that's fine. But yeah, for the most part, couldn't get into the show. It, it, it was often cheap at times. There was uh, really bad stuff happening to certain characters, and then scene change, and we've forgotten. It seemed like we've forgotten about it already. Uh, the rebounding of certain characters didn't feel right, and I'm sure if you watch the show, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, those rebounds didn't feel natural, and then at the moment where they kind of finally acknowledge it, it was kind of like, oh, you still remember that. Oh, okay, thank you. I was afraid you'd forgotten. Uh, stuff like that that kind of bothered me. So, I don't know. I... I don't think it's a terrible show, but at the same time, it, it did bother me a lot. So I'm in the I'm in the very mid mid to mid low range in my my appeal to the show. I I hate that that I have to do this because I unfortunately I like to balance out Andrew on the on on which shows we did dislike, and unfortunately I didn't. I don't know how how did we end up following this one? Was it just because of the action? The, the, because the first few episodes, it never came off as this was going to be anything that other than a dark show. Um, I I kind of picked and chose some characters that I kind of was latching onto, but when when all was said and done, this show. <sighs> It's a bleak show. I, let me just put it that way, uh, to be blunt. And I unfortunately, I I had a really hard time getting through this show. And I, as much as I wanted to like the show, because the the some of the action scenes, at least at the beginning, were really really interesting and and cool. The 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 mechanics behind the world were interesting. Um, the factions that they set up were really. I don't want to say they were well told but they seemed like they should be more interesting uh especially when you got into the princess and how she was uh what she was doing yeah bb's backstory and getting into the princess was probably the only part that i was really kind of connected to really yeah but when it comes down to it when all was said and done at the end i was like that's your reveal i mean you put me through a lot to do this and I came away very disappointed all said and done. And so I take it for what it is. I'm not saying it's a bad show. I just, yeah, there, as Andrew was mentioning, yeah, there's production issues. No, nobody's going to deny that, but there is something here that is kind of interesting, but it is a bleak show. So take that for what it is. 
I, I guess it's really one of those things where it, in in regards to you saying it's a bleak show, it, it definitely is a show that feels like it's constantly pushing the main character down. And it almost feels like it's one of those shonen shows where, yeah, you're pushing them down. You're expecting there's going to be this big moment where they stand back up. And yeah, they do kind of do that shoe-in thing at the end, which I guess, yay, that worked. But it almost feels like maybe it should have been a little bit longer and we had that moment where he finally triumphantly stands up and it would probably been made all that, yeah, he's literally having his face dragged in the dirt for pretty much most of the show. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just, instead of having that slow build-up to something, it just ends up being, okay, there you go. He's he's going to, we're going to see if he's going to triumph kind of thing. And, was, and as yeah. far as the comedy is concerned, there was this, this attempts at trying to be... I mean, I appreciated some of the things that they were doing, but it never, I have to agree with Andrew, it, it never kind of, what they were trying to do in some cases, like one one particular character was trying to be meta. And and it's like, okay, I appreciate what you're doing there, but it's not working. <laughs> I, none of that, none of that comedy worked. And and it's like, one of the, one of the in particular things that Andrew didn't like, I... I appreciated the comedy, but I have to agree. It never came off in the right way as is. And, and I, I think that it has a lot to do with what Andrew was saying. Yeah. And it is one of those funny things is why is it working in, in, uh, in, uh, Servamp Servamp. And, and maybe it is because the characters are being sold to you that they're quirky. This is them, but they never technically, although it is, implied that it's a dark show do you not ever really s- technically see the the murders or so it's yeah, you a little really bit have is- like in type of tattoo where an entire room of guys get basically killed and impaled on swords and then i think this is and i and i know there's an example there but i'm assuming that i think this is the one where like following that scene you have basically here's princess and she's she's funneling this one girl and they're playing ping pong together it's like no, no, I'm not accepting this scene. This my brain isn't accepting you. You give me this, like no, you Which, just and, you just punch me. I'm not going to play ping pong with you. But at the same time, we have seen, and and this is what I had told Andrew at first when when he first brought this up. It's like <laughs> I've seen the redeemable characters, huh? <laughs> Don't mention the redeemable characters. You can't. No, mention I'm it not now. <laughs> saying I'm not saying the redeemable characters. I'm saying that I have seen characters who go from mass murderers to part of the cast. And so suddenly everybody's okay with, I mean, I, I'm thinking of certain characters in Tenchi. I mean, no, no matter how you look at it, um, where you have technically a character who's this space pirate suddenly is part of the, the, the cast. Why? I don't know because they haven't really technically done anything wrong. But yeah, in this case, yeah, technically you're watching this particular character do a mass murder does that suddenly equal okay? And and I my my joke was okay. They'll they'll he'll dominate her, and then suddenly she'll be a part of the harem. Big whoop. That's just the way these animes work. So why why did the comedy not work in the show? I don't know. I can't tell you. I I it never worked for me. It didn't work for Andrew. So take that for what it is. Like I said, Taboo Tattoo and Servant this season definitely plan in my head of like i would love to discuss this and i don't know where we'd go with it because it's so subjective to each person i know there's a ton of people out there that probably love the comedy in taboo tattoo i just don't know what is the trigger that makes it right or n- not right and i think it really is is the character sold to you personally and that's probably always obviously the case so yeah 
that's that's taboo tattoo. If you anything in there, anything in there that you like, if you like the high, heavy violence, uh, that's the power stuff like that, you're probably gonna enjoy it. Um, suggestions for similar shows to this one immediately comes to my mind is Darker Than Black. It definitely has the element of here is a special ability. They have special abilities. There's always a uh, it's a reverse to what Tabby Tattoo is because Tabby Tattoo uh, they have to have a trigger to their tattoo so that uh, Bluesy Floozy has to break uh, chalk on her tattoo and then she's able to use her power. Whereas uh, Seiji at the first they're implying to him that he has to use blood. Um, and I won't get into any further than that. It was it. it Whereas Dark in the Black is reverse. They use their power, but then it forces them to have to do something in order to pay for it. Basically, what were they called? I don't remember. Compensation or I kept. I know. I last time we talked about this, I tried to remember what it was, and I couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> the, the 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 world was definitely interesting. A lot of the things were interesting. So please don't get that wrong. It, it's it's just the the show never really kind of got out of its we're talking about darker than black or we're talking about tabby tattoo tabby tattoo, tattoo, tattoo. okay <laughs> i just i was just kind of wrapping it up i guess in a way um it it just never got out of that little slump that at some point it dropped into and i i want to say it was around episode four it dropped into a slump and just never got out it started out pretty decent. Big order I have on here. It kind of has the same element of people with powers. Um, does have an element of going against a kingdom. Um, wasn't a spectacular show, but we we enjoyed it uh, for different reasons. So definitely check out our review for that one. Uh, Bacano is one that's set in a setting kind of similar to this and has a similar tone to it. A um, bunch of people on a train. They have some people with, with abilities. Um, it's definitely a fantastic show. I don't think it's def- it's definitely going for a different narrative than what Tabby Tattoo is going for. So keep that in mind. Uh, Kerr and I also kind of has a similar tone to it. Um, it is dark. It does have some comedic beat to it. Um, and I thought it was a really cool show. I definitely want to go check it out again. Didn't get backers do the same thing? Yeah, get backers is a bunch of people with different powers. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to to more happier things. Let's move away from our negativities onto the wonderful world of sweetness and lightning or oh, that no i don't know I, I think that's a little bit too much or amama or amama to inazuma this one streamed on crunchyroll ran for 12 episodes was done by tms entertainment who's been pretty much going ballistic awesome this season uh or that went crazy awesome this season uh sources of manga um genres are slice of life comedy seinen and uh, this one follows Kohei I- uh, Inuzuka, who is a single father who had lost his wife, who is basically taking care of his daughter, Sumagi. And the way the, the show kind of kicks it off, um, it's obviously, right off the bat, you kind of get the idea that this is a single father. Uh, but it quickly transitions into uh, pretty much trying to bring happiness to his daughter, trying to... Uh, support her he of course he works but most of the focus is on him trying to do things that would please his daughter and usually in most cases with this show it's really in the idea that uh he has never really cooked before the mother was the mother was always the cook or his wife was always the cook and now that he's a single uh father or a single parent he doesn't know how to cook and yet she wants sumagi wants to eat really good stuff and they're always having to eat out, or he's cooking something that she doesn't like, or doesn't mesh with her taste buds or whatever, and he's kind of frustrated with that. Um, and then it kind of uh, transitioned from there to, well, here's this one of the students from the school that 
Kohei actually works at is uh, actually the daughter of um, a woman that owns a restaurant. And she loves food. And through her, them together at this restaurant that her mother owns uh, will now learn how to cook themselves and using the recipes that her mother gives them and cook really good food for Sumigi. And that's pretty much the gist of the show is really in, okay, uh, Sumigi wants to eat something certain, certain or uh, Kohei offers something that she'd want to eat and they go through the process of learning and cooking it together and then everybody is happy and love and all that kind of stuff. Uh, sprinkled throughout there is, of course, the themes of the element of uh, Kohei trying to raise this uh, Sumigi, um, the struggles of being a good parent, um, being strict, but at the same time being loving. Um, also, at the same time, there's uh, Kotori, who is... It seems pretty obvious right at the start that she seems to have some kind of issue with knives. <laughs> uh, she loves food. Um, she struggles with cooking herself. Um, and it almost seems like it ends up having this thing where there is gaps in each of these parties and they're filling those gaps with somebody else who is uh, truly wanting to support each other. It's almost like they're each person is kind of broken and they're able to support each other. It, it, it's not full on focus on that kind of stuff, but it, it is always there. It's always a, a presence that you can acknowledge if you want to. Um, but yeah, in the, in the grand scheme of everything, this was one of those ones where it obviously was something that would tug at the heartstrings. Um, I don't, it does have quite a few times where it acknowledges something that is a deep hurt in a character. And those are those moments where it really kind of tugs at you really hard. Um, but for the most part, it, it jumps back and forth between here's an adorable character. Here's this guy that has a, has a real desire to, uh, support his daughter and, Here's some cooking in the process. My fears early on or before the show even started was, oh man, I'm afraid this is going to turn into full-on food porn like everything else seems to be these days is this big, huge kick on these shows that are about cooking and here's this highly detailed shot of the food and everybody's exploding and in, in desires for the foods and stuff like that. And this didn't do it. And the other part of it was like the whole element of I acknowledge that people really like the shows that get really into detail on how to cook something. But this one was, it talks about the ingredients. It talks about what they're doing, but it never gets like overwhelming with it. It's not like, okay, half the episode is now a cooking lesson. Now let's get our aprons on and let's talk about the ingredients. There's five cups of this, five cups of this. There's, you mix it in there. You want to give it five seconds. And then this happens. It's, it's really simple in how it displays the cooking almost to a sense where <laughs> I don't think that I would be able to follow it exactly, but it would give me a rough idea on what am I supposed to do in order to cook something. It's always just enough to get the idea of the concept of the cooking and makes me really want to cook it more than something that would overwhelm me with stuff. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed the show from beginning to end. It was really sweet. It was really heartwarming. Um, it had a really a lot of really cool little drama points in it with uh, Kohei's struggle with, with raising his daughter. Like, she'll come home and she has... Uh, or she'll she'll be at home and she'll have an issue that she ran into at school. And it's always something that is like, yeah, that's a kid thing. <laughs> a kid would be really bothered by that. Most people would go, that seems really trivial. But the kid's upset about it because they don't understand what they're, what's going on with the situation. They want to understand the situation, but they're too young. 
and you can't really explain it to them directly enough that they would understand it. And it's that kind of struggles that he goes through. Um, and there's these little moments where it kind of gets into the mind of Sumigi and he, her innocence, just goofy things like I'm going to dance to make something mix right. Or uh, there's this whole scene where she's traveling and it's getting into the mind of her. And it's it, those little moments that are just really awesome and really sweet and just gets gets you into it. And it it's always helped by the fact that Sumigi was actually voiced by a very young uh, voice actress. And it just it shined with her character because... Just hearing her say Hotasan or something like that, she pulled it off perfect. So, yeah, I really enjoy this show. I definitely recommend it. I don't think it's on the levels of Bunny Drop. I think Bunny Drop is epic in its own right. I loved Bunny Drop. Bunny Drop was getting more into the elements of raising, where this one was more into the mindset of Sumagi and cooking and a lot more lighthearted. Uh, but they both are great in their own right. Don't don't take that as a knock on Sweetness Lightning or anything, but... Pass it on to you. You can say it this time. Can I? You sure? Are you sure? We can give you one in a season. I unless love want, this show. Unless you want to use it somewhere else. <laughs> no, I I was I was trying to think of a way I could express this that how much love I have for this show without without bursting into tears. I there there was I going from episode to episode. It it was literally um, just tearing up at random points just watching these these both the sad parts and the and the and the more heartwarming parts a just random sweet parts just going through the show and i was just way too much sugar coming out of this show so i know why it can be kind of a turnoff for a lot of people but it's it to me it worked on every level i i I love the character interactions. I love the little family that they built kind of out of the 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 main three characters and then the later two two characters that they added later on. Um, just just this little family coming together out of just making food and just I I I can't express how much it was a beautiful show. The uh, the this music was great when it needed to be there. Um, the story just kind of no, it never really got to the point where it was just hitting major drama points, but it did nef- definitely, you felt this underlying pain that was there because of things that had happened in the past, but how they were trying to just overcome that pain by just... It was a, it was a moving forward, not a dwelling on. Yeah, exactly. And and I loved the way that this show did, did that and it portrayed it. There was several times that I'm going... Andrew, it's going to happen. They're going to destroy me this episode, but they never did that. It just kind of, it acknowledged the pain. It said, this is there, but it's not, it's not what this show is about. It's about how they enjoy life after. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's, it's really a coming together for coming together and enjoying something together. You found something that you can all enjoy. It is a universal thing. Food is a universal thing that multiple people can enjoy. It's like no matter if you're uh, you see the world this way or if you have this problem with your life or you're struggling with this, you can all agree that when you eat this food and it's good and it's cooked well, you're all going to enjoy it together. Um, <laughs> I, it's a total side change, but at some point while we were watching the show, I kind of went to I, I told Chris, I'm like, I was thinking of making a slogan for the website or the podcast and everything. And it's like, 
And Sweetest Enlightening was kind of rehashing a thought in me was the idea of loving something together. Um, the, the slogan I was kind of shooting around was like uh, loving anime together. And it's like it's, it's what Sweetness and Lightning was giving me was this loving food together. Like everybody comes together and they just love something and they enjoy something together. And it doesn't matter that Kohei struggling with the loss of his wife. It's not Sumigi who doesn't know uh, when mom's going to come home. It's not Kotori is uh, struggling with the fact that her mom's always gone or yada, yada, yada. It is let's cook something and enjoy something together. And yeah, they do bring those issues in every now and then, but it's always a, it's always remedied by the fact that we're here, we're together. Sometimes they'll dress it in what's, what you're struggling with and they'll get over it and they'll have their food and they'll enjoy it kind of thing. So it's always that, it always kicks it out with that heartwarming moment where everything's fine because we're together kind of thing. Let's get through it together kind of thing. Yeah, really, really sweet. Um, I, yeah, the, the the ending was like, we thought that it was going to do something. It didn't really quite do that. And it's like, I'm fine with that. It's like, you didn't have to really do that. So we're, we're good. Um, but it did definitely give lots of hints on, yeah, I can see the manga going this way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I can also see it going this other way, which we won't talk about. It's just like a, a bunny drop thing. So we don't talk about it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, definitely a recommendation. Um, suggestions, of course, is Bunny Drop um, is definitely uh, the one that I thought about immediately when I saw this show or this manga. Uh, Barakamon is definitely another one that's up there. Uh, if you like a lot of food type stuff, you definitely check out uh, Kofuku Graffiti, which is um, more cute side food stuff. Um, of course, if you want more food other than that, you can do Food Wars, stuff like that. Um, Listen to me, Girls, Learning Your Father. That's another one with a, a person trying to raise uh, younger uh, raise somebody. It's not necessarily a father to daughter thing. It's more of a uncle to niece thing, but it's in the same realm. So definitely check that out if you will. Um, let's more gushing. Let's let's more gushing. Is that is that a proper is that proper grammar? Let's more gushing. I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, let's move on to ReZero, starting life in another world, uh, or ReZero Kara Hajimaru Isekai Saiketsu. Uh, Saikatsu. I'm sure everybody's been dying to hear what we have to say about this show. <laughs> if you heard our mid-season review, you probably heard plenty of gushing, and you can probably <laughs> go, yeah, whatever, skip, 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 skip. Stick with us. You'll, you'll get it. Um, this one was streaming on Crunchyroll, ran for 25 episodes. 26, if you want to include uh, the fact that they had the first episode was in an A and B, and they were both full length, but uh, this one was uh, popular enough to get the third rating in the Crunchyroll popularity list, so I know that doesn't mean too much to most people, but being up there with Naruto and One Piece, it's pretty awesome. Uh, this one's done by Studio White Fox. Uh, it's based off of a novel, uh, which is also a web novel, so it's kind of being transferred to a light novel kind of thing from a web novel. Um, but it's uh, this one follows Subaru. And stick with me here if you haven't listened to any of the synopsis on this one. Subaru was walking out of a convenience store when suddenly... For unexplained reasons, he just suddenly warped into a fantasy world. And he doesn't know why. He just kind of, in his own little uh, geeky way, just thought, okay, well, I've been transferred into a world like all those stories, so I'm obviously a hero, and I'm supposed to do something incredible, and I got powers and all this kind of stuff. Psst, Andrew, this has been done a million times. doesn't work like that. He <laughs> he immediately runs into some uh, punks in a back alley, uh, tries to stop a thief, uh, in the end, ends up uh, getting killed and then returning back to a certain point. 
but this kind of underlines the idea of the show in that uh, Subaru doesn't really have any powers. He's not special in any way. He's in this world. Uh, but the only real power he does have, I just said he doesn't have power, but the only power he does have is that when he dies, he has this thing called uh, Return by Death, I think it was called. Something like that, yeah. Which essentially, when he dies, he returns to a certain point. If you want to put it in the simplest terms, it's like he reaches checkpoints or save points, and then if he dies after that point, he returns back to that specific point. Um, the earlier part is when he passes by a, uh, a food stand or a fruit stand. He's talking to the gentleman there. That was the point in which the very first arc he returns to. And it kind of follows this idea of... Uh, essentially, he meets a, a few, quite a few people. Uh, the first one being Amelia. Amelia is this half elf that uh, early on you get the idea that she is. Uh, everybody despises half elves. Um, she doesn't know why this guy Subaru is even talking to her. Of course, he's talking to her because he's a geek and he thinks a hot half elf looks cute. But in this world, uh, half elves are dangerous because they uh, have the same appearance as, or the evil witch that everybody is afraid of was a half elf, and so they're afraid of half elves. And so she's looked down upon. She's trashed. Everybody's afraid of her. They 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 don't want her around them. Uh, but Subaru's taking attention to her because she's cute. And so early on, you get the sense of okay, this is a guy trapped in a alternate world. This has been done before. Very tropish. But what transfers from that point going forward is, of course, Subaru is kind of trapped in this idea of trying to help Amelia because she's had this uh, very precious signia stolen from her. And she's trying to get it back. And as he's trying to get that back for her, he ends up unveiling kind of a bigger scheme of things. Um, he's trying to as he's trying to get that back from her. Uh, he meets Felt, who is a thief, um, trying to get that from her. He ends up finding there's another person that's trying to barter to get that from her. And it's this big, huge conspiracy to knock her out of this, uh, this big running for uh, a leadership role. I'll just say that. And what really comes from this whole thing is that you have Subaru, who is very tropish, very going into this world, very tropish kind of setting. It warps into something that is more grander, it is really diving into these characters. It is the world that he's in. It is the characters that he's interacting with. It is the struggles that they are dealing with. It is the adversaries that are against them. It is the desires of each individual character. And that is really where this show really kind of become something more than what the first episode will have you believe. And yeah, it does kind of go in the same realm as, for me, it goes in the same realm as something like Grimgar, where Grimgar was another one of those shows where I wish that first episode didn't happen because that becomes a central focus for a lot of people, which is fine. I understand people have issues with certain things. Some things drive them more crazy than other people. Um, but for me, this one was really... By the time we got to, I'd probably say the second arc, it, I really didn't care that he came from a convenience store. It never cared about it. It, it left that behind. Yeah, he is still every now and then shooting off goofy uh, jokes about that somebody of that world wouldn't say. He definitely does have a personality of somebody that's not in that world. Uh, they often hint at the idea that he's different than a lot of people. Um, but for the most part, the story is about him trying to reach a goal and the struggles that he goes through for those. But I think, and this is definitely the thing that I hit on very strongly in our mid-season review, I think the thing that sets this apart from anything is really in the 
uh, return from death thing. Yeah, at first I was afraid of it because it really does seem like a Groundhog Day thing. It really does seem like one of those things where it could get really broken. It could get repetitive. But the way that this show uses it is perfect. It uses it to really see multiple sides of different characters. It sees multiple sides of the situation. It sees multiple uh, paths that you would think could work but don't work. Well, and its when, strength is really in that. It is in seeing multiple sides of these characters and seeing the struggles they're going through. And that is what makes the character so strong is that he's seeing so many sides of all these characters that it perfects them. And I love seeing that. One thing that I think that it, it, there's no real way for us to describe exactly how the return by death works except for one thing that i can say that i don't know how how it will sound but the way andrew is putting it is and i like the way he's putting it because it no that nothing is ever repeated one of the things that we were kind of afraid of is the idea of like he was saying the groundhog day effect where the guy goes through the exact same thing over and over and over again, and he changes only certain things. And it was a fear in the first arc because he kept going down that one alley and running those bullies. Right. But after that, it never really does that again. Exactly. He literally is doing different paths every time he does his reset. He's literally, okay, this path didn't work, so let me go and interact with this character. And that's where I found that I was truly just sucked up in this. He was literally taking each one of these situations and he was taking it and going and talking to, let's say, Patrice. I, the more and more that he would interact with that character, the more and more that character's development would come out. No, it didn't. The like I had said made the joke about I would love to see the main path I where it just goes down through the path of what the world itself is experiencing because all of these dead end paths are explored but technically those those dead end paths are not what the world has experienced yeah I didn't really explain that but when he does return by death he remembers what happened but nobody else does right because it's reset but not for him exactly. But I, I, I like that you're pointing that out, but I would like to also point out that it's never, it's sometimes not by his choice. Yes, he does take different routes. I'm going to go talk to this person instead, but sometimes it's not by his own choice, or most of the times it's in reaction to what happened. Like if, if, if he dealt with a, say, a curse, he would want to go talk to somebody that might know about that curse, and hopefully he can figure out how to stop it before it happens again. Um, and it's, it's, Great because he never really he never really throws away an opportunity. He doesn't know how it works. He doesn't know if it's going to be his last time. So every time that it does happen, he's he's not wanting to die because it hurts. It hurts like hell. Dying of poison does not feel good. Being uh, beaten to death by a gigantic metal ball on the end of a flail is not fun. He doesn't want to die, so he's trying to prevent something from happening. And... What also comes out of that is probably outside of the scene, multiple sides of each each character. My second greatest thing that I enjoy about the show the most was that it wasn't afraid with breaking the main character. I know that the one of the hugest issues that a lot of people had, especially during the middle, the uh, I think it was the second arc. No, it was the early uh, third arc. 
a lot of an issue with a lot of people had was that everybody hated Subaru. I mean, I didn't like him, but it was how, but that was not because I didn't like how he was wrote. It was because I, uh, he was meant to be that way. He was, he was going through some really crappy stuff and they weren't afraid. The writer wasn't afraid of absolutely destroying him and seeing him reach that point of just how is this guy going to get back up and then seeing him have to either be brought back up or struggle to get back up was one of those things that I really enjoyed about this show. Yeah, it is very unsettling. It is a very violent show. No doubt about it. This is a very violent show. It's very gory. It treats really hard for Chris to get through this show. (laughs) It treats often very adorable characters in very violent, gory ways. It is very heartbreaking. It, there's there's points in this show where I was I'm not like Chris where I can I can deal with a lot of things but there was even points in this show where I wanted to turn it off not because I didn't like what they were doing well I didn't like what they were doing not that I didn't like the writing or anything it was just that it was wrote it was wrote so punishing that I it it was struggling to get through it I didn't want to see the characters having to go through this but I knew it wasn't for torture porn it was because there's some screwed up bad guys and they're not afraid of doing something because they are screwed up bad guys. And I liked the willingness to go as far as they did with these characters. I'm, I'm, I enjoyed how creative the writer was. This is definitely nothing I've never seen. I've ever seen before. Um, it is something that I enjoyed from beginning to end. Uh, I wanted to see what they were going to do next. I wanted to, I was struggling with how they were going to get through a certain situation. I was, surprised in so many ways and how they pulled certain things off um there was so many character moments that i just was wanting to jump up and clap and applause (laughs) yeah let me put it in another way the highs hit high the lows let's not talk about the lows (laughs) (laughs) um i mean it's 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 easy to say there's a reason why rem's over everything that i have rem they had an episode with rem that just Blew it out of the water. It was one of the most fantastic scenes I've seen in anime. Um, yeah, there's certain sides that'll say that there's reasons for hating that, but I thought she was a fantastic character. I think that she pulled some great things off. Um, the only negatives I can really give this show is technically that, the that overall plot. In, well, that's you can't <laughs> get into that because it's spoilers. <laughs> technically, the overall overall plot is not completed. Um, it does have this whole, uh, like I was mentioning earlier, this leadership thing that we're going for uh, that never gets done. Um, there is the main antagonist that never really gets um, encountered. It's it's this element of this is a long running story, and we are getting the first glimpse of it. Um, I wasn't upset by the end at all. Uh, this is definitely not a no game no life for me. It was a chapter end. I was satisfied. Uh, I do want more because I want more of this world. I want more of what this writer is doing. Um, I want more of these characters, and it's something that I hope that'll come eventually. I know they were saying something about the the web novel that he's wrote is the length of the current one that he's doing could easily make an entire season. Um, he just has they have to make it into light novel form because you want to make the light novel first because you want to sell the light novel, so you have to do that first before you can do the show. Uh, so I can't wait for that. I hope it does get something like this. I know it's extremely popular in uh, Japan. Um, there's a lot of calling for it, so I hope we'll get more of this. But I can't say enough that I, when I was writing the outline for this, um, I, I this is one of those ones where I'm like, I, am I giving it enough credit? Is this... 
are is are people getting enough from me to prove that this is a very worthwhile show? Uh, it was during the uh, the entire airing of it. There was constantly people that were tweeting me, messaging me, that were saying, "I took your suggestion. I decided to watch it. It's beating the crap out of my face, but I'm loving it." <laughs> uh, so many people that jumped on board with it because we were mentioning it. And I'm glad they gave it a shot because I did, I've yet to hear, really hear, hear anybody that turned around and said, I'm not liking this. I think there was one person, but it was because they couldn't get past the violence in it, which I understand. I, I, It can't be said enough. If you do not like very gory and bad violence, you're going to not like this show. It's very violent. Um, so, Well, if, if, I mean, if I if me saying I barely got through it doesn't say enough, I don't know what will. I mean, I... I do generally have a, but I've already shut down certain shows just based on, okay, I didn't like that and I'm done with this show. And this show was another one of those where it was like, and like Andrew was saying, I mean, if, if he's actually getting to that point, you, you know, you've gone past Chris's point easily. <laughs> yeah. A lot of really cool themes in here. I, I really enjoyed how it kind of addressed uh, lording from mistakes, um, characters who do really stupid things and have to struggle with trying to undo the, what they've done. Um, I kind of hinted on it, but there's a certain character in the show where they kind of address the idea of standing some, standing us beside somebody when they're going through their deepest and darkest moment. Uh, somebody who is struggling with something very, very deeply and may lash out on that character, but still standing by them, um, supporting them. That kind of stuff was really great in the show. Uh, really covering technically depression, um, severe trauma, uh, pure darkness, a character going through uh, severe things and getting to the point where they become a shell and yet trying to come back out of that is was really, really uh, wonderful to watch. And not, not wonderful that I enjoy that, that he's going through that, but... I, I love that I keep having to say this. <laughs> it's so dark that I ha- keep saying I like this, and I go, but it's not that I'm sick or anything. It's because I like seeing that being done. And 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 cue sound drop of Beetlejuice laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice was was special. <laughs> I, I don't think Kinito, who voiced Beetlejuice, is, or Beetlejuice, is ever going to live that one down. I, they did a knockout job of it, though. And even even the other I never, people I, doing that. I probably will never hear Kirito the same again. <laughs> Every time I hear him, I, I think we were doing that when the previews is when, when the, one of the previews had Kirito's voice in it, and all I could think was, Des! Des! Of, course, of course, every time I hear Des now, I think, Des! Yep. Oh, he's crazy. Uh, that, was, that was definitely one of those characters that I, from the moment I seen him, like, oh, it's one of those character types. Oh, I'm not going to like is, this. Chris is easily and the, cringing and going, oh, I cannot do this. I can't do this. Of and course, it, the other things he's doing. <laughs> But then by the end of the show, I'm going, I'm, I'm just laughing about how crazy he is. It's like, how did you manage to go from I despise this guy to I still defi- despise him, but I'm I laughing love with him, him because he's so crazy. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. pulled it off. But yeah. Um, das. Das. <laughs> I almost got there. Das. Das. Yeah. <laughs> Characters doing arrogant, stupid, prideful things. Um, the human elements. Uh, all these things that the writer hit on were just fantastic. I could not recommend the show enough. Uh, but yeah, the cast is great. I, I, Yeah, they do have a trap in it that I don't think is technically a trap because it's technically voiced by, what was it, Yui Hiori was, was uh, Felix. Oh, gosh, you got to be kidding me. Um, oh, Absolutely me. Ado- adored kill me. Felix Ferris. She was, uh, <laughs> he was like one of the best traps in anime history. 
Elsa was early on, but Elsa, even Elsa, was well, just one of those characters that was so well done. She was hella creepy. She was every time she was in the show, they made these villains show, so terrifying. This show Elsa had, was terrifying. This show had a handle on mood. I don't know how to better describe it. It knew how to almost control setting music yeah just voice acting that all came together perfectly. elsa is a great example of just being able to capture that um yeah. rim and brutality <laughs> just i be want able to, to capture... spill your guts because i want to see how it flows out that is unsettling <laughs> it, it it was able to capture that moment of tension and just it 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 I don't want to say because it's it sounds like I'm kind of cheering that on when I'm not. It had this ability to capture that moment of tension and pull it out and and keep you just absolutely on the edge of your seat for that entire moment. I loved the way it did that. Um, on a side note, I wanted to go into something that happens in the later episodes, but I don't want to spoil it. So um, I did like how it told the story in such a way that certain characters let's just say Subaru is asking certain characters for hey I want I need you to do this and those characters are able to say it, this is they're talking to the main protagonist which th- this is something that main protagonists always get everything right no these characters say who are you to ask me for anything yeah yeah and I loved the way that it portrayed it and then they gave logical reasons why hey you don't I don't owe you anything. You you can't just do this. Yeah, often uh, Subaru is it. It died away about halfway through the show, but early on he was definitely in the idea of well, I'm a main character or I'm a, I'm I'm the star, so I, I this needs to happen for me. But yeah, it it really just gets stomped in his face constantly, and I think that's what helps his character development away from that is that he goes from that snotty kid that was at a convenience store to a character who is going okay what can I do in order to get the help from this person? Because obviously it's not going to go my way out of anything. There's always going to be a price for something. I have to gain loyalty in order to gain trust. Those things come into play. Um, I loved how they handled the other uh, candidates um, of the show. I, I really did think that they were going to be a throwaway early on when they first introduced them. Uh, but they came became really crucial characters in the story that I really, really liked. Uh, Wilhelm's story was fantastic. It kind of came out of left field, but when it came, I said, bring it on. I am enjoying this. Uh, a lot of the characters that aren't necessarily villains, but are in, uh, opposite to Subaru were fantastic too. Julius was a, a character I didn't think I would end up caring much for, but they, again, the writer pulled it off. He, he does this great job with each of these characters. Um, I'm, I'm going to probably leave it there yeah uh, i can go on and with rem and rem, rem but yeah rem and rem rem best girl of course um beatrice yes beatrice best girl too loved all of the all the, i don't think there was a single character that i didn't enjoy even the characters that were technically bad and evil i hated them but at the same time i enjoyed their writing so uh, and that's a sign of really good, great writing in my eyes so if you have not guessed it it's a definite must watch it is a highly suggested i it didn't take me long into the second core before i was like i'm comfortable enough with slamming a 10 on my rating for this and on my ammo list even though i rarely ever do uh ratings i've been doing that just really kind of keep track of my shows but yeah definitely definitely go watch the show uh 
don't listen to the naysayers. If the the typical stuck in a fantasy world, give it your own shot. Um, get at least to uh, the second arc, which I think the second arc is really where you get into character development. The first arc was really in introducing the world, introducing uh, a certain characters, uh, introducing the concept. The second arc is really where you're getting into the bread and butter and how they uh, handle characters, multiple characters. So I think that's really where you get a sense of what the show can do. Um, and of course, it gets the, the idea of the, the struggles of the characters. So you you really get a true sense of the show from the second arc. So I definitely suggest at least getting that far before deciding uh, if you want to stick with it or not. So, yeah. Other shows, suggestions? Um, Grimgar Fantasy Ash, we love that one. Um, it is another one where it is a alternate world, but it, it is really not the premise of the idea of being in an alternate world. It is a bunch of characters with a clean slate in a fantasy setting that have no idea that they are from another world. Um, and it is a great story. I enjoyed it. Uh, Gate is another one with a another fan, another one where you transfer into a fantasy world. It is more political and military than anything else, so keep that in mind. Uh, Sword Art Online, I really enjoyed the first core of that one at least. Um, check that one out. Uh, a lot of people enjoy the entire show. I enjoyed the entire show. I just think that first arc was the, the where the bread and butter of that show was, so definitely suggest that one. And if you're looking for something else, uh, we enjoyed Junmachi. Uh, it is definitely another one where... <laughs> They didn't get very far into that story. Um, it is a manga or light novel, actually, seller, um, but it is a suggestion because it is an enjoyable show. I would, it's not really a trapped in another world. It's really, you're in that world. I would hesitantly, and maybe you should confirm or deny, maybe uh, Higurashi. I mean, I see yeah, a if you're looking, lot if you like of the gore, <laughs> gore and violence. Yeah, you can and get the, that. And the set, and the and the system that is involved yeah. in that that yeah. show. It so. is it is definitely a, a parallel there. There's no fantasy world kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but yeah, I, I I guess I guess we did it justice. I hope we did it justice. I hope I hope people enjoyed our gushing. <laughs> There's so much more I want to talk about, but it's all spoilers. So we'll talk that in the in the spoiler discussion. Uh, we also did watch the Repetites or ReZero, Starting Life in Another World shorts. Um, a lot of fun. Yeah. Had a ton of fun watching it. So many silly jokes. Very meta. Plays a lot on the, the characters, throwing them into kind of world world, world settings in some cases. It, it, it had a lot of fun, and I had a lot of fun watching it. This is a great thing because this was one that was technically supposed to be on, on the Blu-rays for the show, and uh, Crunchyroll managed to pick it up and give it to us which was really unheard of and it's awesome that they pulled it off um this was actually done by studio uh puyukai and this one sounds like puyukai uh and it does have the characters but they're in a chibi form and the idea of this technically and i think you mean you mean puyukai yes yes (laughs) wow chris cannot believe you did that but um (laughs) i'm not gonna be able to watch that stinking beyond the boundary ever again without You've ruined Mirai. But no, the, the concept of here was, I think this was kind of put in context, I think from the writers themselves, with this idea of this resting point. Like, you watch this show that is destroying you. Here's fun with the characters. Let's just have fun. And it's just the characters that are in chibi form. And yeah, like you said, it's very meta. It's playing a lot off of the concept of the show, but it's in a joking way. Um, him getting transported into a schoolroom, and he doesn't know why, and everybody's acting like they're from a school, and they just acted out it's really goofy stuff suddenly he's in a, in a store and Amelia's running the store 
Or, or, Amelia, or uh, Anastasia running the store was excellent because I was like... <laughs> Sold everything. <laughs> Her whole thing is, I just want money. He, she is just... I, I want to own everything. And so she managed to sell pretty much everything in the store to him. And he doesn't know how. Um, really cool stuff. Uh, if you've been watching uh, the ReZero series, it's definitely... Go watch that one. It's it's fun. It's, it's hilarious. I, I even enjoyed it after... That really great episode with Ram having following that up with this hilarious setting that was just so fitting. I'll just say that to what happened in the show. That's the kind of stuff that is like, yeah, like I said, meta, it works so well. I wish there was a way of plotting out what episode of Re Petite was after what episode of ReZero, um, because they do kind of run parallel with each other in some content, so... Definitely check it out if you if you watched it. Definitely a suggestion, and they're really short. They're like what four ep- four minutes each, and there's twenty four of them. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. All right, it's time for Chris to be silent for a long time, so I can go ahead and just sit back, chill. No, you can respond to what I talk about. I can. Want. Yeah. I I don't I don't know that I can do any responses. Um, but yeah, the last one we have here is Berserk, the two thousand six uh, uh, CG animation. <laughs> Um, this one is uh, actually going to be continuing in 2017. So if you watch this show, um, it's going to continue on. It's based off of the manga, of course, by the same name, Berserk. And it's a series that uh, originally ran for 25 episodes with the original Berserk, um, which told the up to the point of what they call the Eclipse. And this series continues kind of shortly after that. I was, I was a little bit disjointed because the way this particular series started, it felt like it jumped because where they left off with that last episode of the original berserk was like all hell breaking loose and then suddenly coming this next season it's like where are we at what where do, how do we get here this doesn't make any sense kind of stuff but yeah but those don't know it basically the world of berserk is mostly it covers uh, guts uh, in the original series it followed this uh, this group of mercenaries um really bad stuff happened i'll just say that and then this series begins with Guts trying to find Casca, but at the same time, if there's any kind of signs of what he would think would be an acolyte as he's trying to find the God Hand, uh, these people that he's trying to seek vengeance on, he'll go and try to destroy them kind of thing. So, um, yeah, the first thing to get it out of the way, yeah, right off the bat, eh, CG. Uh, that definitely was a turnoff for a lot of people. Um, I think a lot of people that came from uh, the movies that they released of the Berserk series that they did it in that CG were probably less confused by that, but this is a full CG thing. Um, there's the two sides of the spectrum. Some people saying that it looked terrible and that the manga's better. Of course the manga's better. The guy's an a artist genius. Um, his art is fantastic. Um, and there's the other side that, of course, people acknowledge the idea that his art's so fantastic that you can't pull it off with a studio doing, you know, you know, standard animation because it would kill them. So putting that all aside, I'm not going to get into that argument. Um, I was off put by it at first. There's a, there's a lot of character designs that just looked really goofy as CG. Um, a lot of, a lot of the characters, especially in the, uh, the Holy Sea looked really off putting, but I think over time it got better and better. I think they continuously had an issue with extreme close-ups of characters where you're trying to see what's going on, but they like zoom in on faces. And I know people have speculated the idea that might be because they were trying to portray certain uh, panels of the manga. I'm not sure. I haven't actually read the manga. I really, really want to get it. 
but I think for the most part they pulled it off really well. There was um, a lot of the later battles were really awesome looking. Um, they did decent in portraying a lot of the characters. So I'm of the mindset that yeah, it was off putting at first, but it's something that I grew into. It's definitely something like Isidonia and Ajin, where as you watch it, you realize they start doing better with the animation and you start getting used to it. And by the end, I was pretty much okay with it. I didn't have any problems with it. I was really just wanting to see uh, what was going to happen next, what was going to happen with the characters. Um, with the characters itself, um, I'm trying to really avoid getting too in-depth of what's happening just because I want people that have watched that have not watched the original series uh, to go watch it or to jump into the manga because I think it is a, a really fascinating world. And I think that's the thing that really draws me to the Berserk world and something that forced me to get past the CG early on um, was that I'm really fascinated by the world. I think they do a great job in creating this atmosphere, uh, creating the setting, having so many elements to the world, and handling them so well. Uh, following Guts as he's pretty much going, trying to find Casca and, and dealing with the Acolytes, uh, running into the Holy Sea uh, Knights, or the 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 Holy Chain Knights. Uh, he met F- uh, Fengis. Uh, she's was a really screwed up character. I like kind of seeing multiple sides of her. Uh, it kind of quickly moved on to Albion, which was this this area with this really huge chapel that was where the uh, the uh, Holy See. Uh, what was the name of them? They were the the Inquisitors. They had the Chief Inquisitor Mosgus and him and his torturous ways of of dealing with people that were non-believers. Uh, very dark stuff, but. Outside of that, you really kind of see some really great character development with like Luca and the prostitutes, um, guts going in there, and and uh, there's always this element of, and this is what I really like about guts as a character is that there's always this element of people follow him because things die in his wake, but at the same time, being with guts means that you're probably going to die because <laughs> he has this mark and everything is drawn to him. He's marked for death basically, so everything's trying to come and kill him. Um, so he, there's safety next to him, but at the same time, there's death always next to him. And that's really one of those great things about the character that I've kind of seen in the animation that I've watched that I've you know not even touched the manga yet, which I really want to. Like I said again, um, but yeah, it's a. I think the what I come away from this really in in saying is that if you're a fan of the world, you're probably going to enjoy this show. If you're a fan of, if you're okay with the CG, you're probably going to enjoy the show. If you're looking for something that's high action, um, a great world, great characters, there is something here. If any of that stuff isn't on your high radar, you're probably going to be off put by this. If you hate CG, you're going to be off put by this. If you don't care for fantasy or really deep worlds and the focus on that, you're probably going to be off put by the show. So... It's hard to suggest. Um, of course, the the easy answer everybody gives is "Draw read the manga," and I know that's not easy for everybody to pull off. Um, but if you're never willing to read the manga and you're looking for to experience this world, I don't think it does anything necessarily offensive. Um, I think you're going to be bothered if you watch the manga and you go watch this show. Obviously, you're going to see a lot of differences. You're going to see a lot of things not done well. Uh, it's obvious. Nothing's ever going to beat the source that. This is for people that don't want to read the manga. And I think it does well enough in that. And I'll just say that. Um, don't hate me if you read the manga. And you know, I I agree. It's fine. <laughs> but this is here for those people. And it's continuing on in, in 2017. So hopefully they'll just can kind of keep it going. So hopefully it turns out something great. I enjoyed it. Um, 
can't highly suggest it, but it's there. So, yeah. I was just going to say that I obviously there's a lot of people who are um, what's the what's the term um, disappointed by the pre- presentation of this. So go into it not expecting something grandiose. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it I think it progressively got better and better. So I I, I don't. I'm not as down on it as most people are. I, I think I, I did. I, I, I didn't get a job, a good job. So, all right. I I'm, will say, I'm confirming what you're saying. I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, the one thing that I would probably say that I would give it the biggest negative, and again, I just, I just said to let that go, and then I'm going to turn around and, and do the same thing. But the biggest problem I had was the gap between what they finished with the animation and the original uh, animation, and where this one starts. Uh, I had to end up going and looking up a lot of things that happen in that gap. And it's like, that's some really important stuff. Yeah, it's stuff that I don't know if they would want to start off this series showing. And that maybe that's why they chose not to. Um, but I and maybe it's something that's in the movies and I maybe missed it. But there was a gap there of really important information that I think got skipped. But I could be wrong. It could, like I said, it could be in the movie. But yeah. So there you go. And yeah, it doesn't finish because it keeps going and going. There's 37 some manga novels or volumes. So, and like I said, I would love to I would love to jump into the manga, but I hate the fact that half of it's sold out all the time. So, Dark Horse, it's on you. If you put it on a bundle, I'll buy it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's all our reviews. Um, we're going to close with uh, Beyond Closed Eyes, which is the Berserk ED by Nagi Yanagi, which is a really beautiful song. Um, and we're going to move on after the ending of that song. We're going to move on to a spoiler discussion of ReZero. So if you have not watched ReZero, uh, after the music ends, you'll want to stop listening. But this is part one of our four summer 2016 anime season reviews. We hope you guys enjoyed these reviews. Uh, if you have any thoughts on any of these shows, um, disagreements, all that kind of stuff, definitely jump into our thread for this particular podcast and voice yourself. Uh, we have a great community over there at TakuSpirit.com. Uh, people that love to hear each other's opinions and nobody's ever really vicious and that's what's great about our community so don't hate us <laughs> um but yeah is there any closing thoughts no all right well you heard them we thank you all for listening and you all take care Oos. <laughs>
All right, we are back, and like I said, we we're going to jump into a spoiler discussion of ReZero, Starting Life in Another World. So if you have not watched ReZero, Starting Life in Another World, you'll want to run away now because we want you to watch it. We don't want to spoil it for you, so go watch it. You should be watching it. Um, but yeah, with that you said... You should have already watched it. <laughs> this is just... This is just for this is for the people that watch it. Formalities. We're us. just doing formalities. You should have already watched it. I don't know why you wouldn't have watched it, but just in case. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I. Like I said, I think that that first arc was definitely one of the wobblies point of the show because it was really in that moment where there was the questions of: Is this going to be a goofy protagonist kind of show? It. I I didn't want to give it everything all the credit early on because it did have the element of okay he just died really gruesome death it's very brutal but i don't want to be sold on the show because of how it was brutal like any show can be brutal but if you do something with that that is the question and like i said like we said in the the, the mid-season reviews it was like please don't let this be it don't let it turn into reset fix try run forward reset run forward reset don't turn into it was great that the only the only one time used that reset for he where he he chose himself to jump off a cliff because that was the fear and the idea of if they belittle it in the idea that okay well I screwed up better kill myself there was a lot of times where I was almost like going <laughs> anytime Ram died let's just I'll just admit it anytime <laughs> Ram died it was like dude just just end just, it just kill yourself end it just you, kill yourself <laughs> what are you doing stop going forward. Oh. Out of curiosity, okay, there's I, – I, I kind of feel like there's roughly two points in every show. Um, one point is usually that point where I go, this can be a good show. And then there's that other point that kind of goes, that was knocked out of the park. You can't go wrong from here. Just And I believe that both of us have the same knocked it out of the park point. That would probably be Rim's episode, right? Yeah, but I was sold on it before then, but yeah, that was... No, 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 no. That's, that was that's probably the, the most this, pinnacle point of the show. Yeah, that was the, they knocked it out of the park, they can't go wrong from there. I'm talking about, so that that's that point. Where was your, I'm sold on this show point? I was thinking about that. I think it was probably, I was, I was like, this is going to be a great show, probably at the end of the first arc, because it, that... That the first arc was really the the first point where you're having that moment of him slamming his face against a brick wall over and over again, and it was really that payoff of everything coming together. Reinhardt showing up and just messing up Elsa, who has been a grim thing for the entire first arc, was where I was like, "Yes, Amelia's stepping up. Everybody's fighting. Subaru's not being an idiot. He's actually doing things properly." That was that pinnacle point, and then after that. It was probably the moment where I said this is possibly going to be legendary was the point in which Subaru broke in front of Rem, who was going to kill him. He that was that point that he was saying that was we did all these things together. We did this together. We went to the the village together. We bought this together. We uh, Rem showed me this. Rem did this. And then Rem uh, Rem said, I don't what are you talking about? That was the point where I was like, that was, was breaking. And I'm like. This writer is doing something here. I was going to say around around the the area of Patrice because obviously Patrice is uh, an easy. The point pack for, was amazing. I the, love the yeah, pack. That, there was that general vicinity was about my point of this can be a good show because it was balancing the 
because I was already having, I was sold on the show, but I was so afraid of them going back and forth between really, really dark and really, really good, good scenes. And it was going back into dark and, and it was around the point of the Patrice area. And, and I, and I, maybe it was that, that kind of point where there was that, that moment of, him talking to 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 Ram and or Rim and saying we've done all this, or it could have been that scene where she, he laid his head head on Amelia's lap. There was so many scenes in that particular set of episodes that it was like this is a this could be a really good show. And that, that's what was, that was my point in saying. Wait until you get into that second arc. Two people. When I was saying just give it at least until that point because that's really where the bread and butter was. It was really exploring how Subaru was breaking. It was showing like Rem's vengeance was a great scene. Uh, Beatrice is uh, the pact that she made and how true that she was to that. Even when Rem was facing them, even when, even when uh, uh, Roswell was facing her, she would not break that pact. All that stuff was really where you were culminating that stuff. Uh, yeah. Emilia comforting him, Subaru breaking, trying to come back out of that. That was really where it was. It was showing Every bit of the writer's creativity that was. I thought it was one well. of the one of the most clever written set of episodes where Subaru was picking up just little hints here and there when when he figured out okay paranoia I'm, I'm actually yeah I'm actually I'm actually uh, he thought he was cursed but then he found out or he thought he was poisoned then he realized he was cursed um, he talked to Batrice found out how, how he was getting the curse all that stuff all laid out. And then, Over the course. and then end up being uh, a target for some, uh, not realizing that the, his actions were making Roswell uncomfortable, and then he was a target of Rem because technically they thought that he was a spy. I mean, it was playing with so many things there. It was, like I said, the paranoia was a great, great element in that whole period of time. Yeah, and, and it was it it, it 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 goes into the idea of okay. Yeah, that first night he he came down, he was poisoned, and then he, when he changed his 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 situation that shifted the entire p- paradigm. And then you get stuck on this idea of one of these two characters, Rim or Ram is actually killing him. Well, okay. So that's how he ended up dying the first night. No, that actually wasn't. Yeah. He didn't have anything. To, it was so cleverly written. I loved the way they did it. It was, it was that first death there was terrifying too. Cause it was like that moment where he wakes up and it's like, wait, we're back. I died in my sleep. Like I didn't even know that I died. I yeah. he literally wakes up and he's there and okay. I didn't even, he didn't feel the pain. He wasn't struck. He just, I went to bed and now I woke up and it's two days before. It's like, yeah, that was kind of a paranoia stake there. Um, but yeah, I have a whole bunch of moments that we can kind of run through and hopefully it'll, it'll start up discussion. Um, but, but yeah, for the, the, the other point, uh, the knocked it out of the park, I'm assuming, it, like I said, the rim episode. Yeah. I, I think that that was, it's that sad was, when I actually know the exact number. <laughs> yeah. It, that, that, that episode just, like I said, it knocked it out of the park. It, 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 it laid out everything. It, it had such a heartfelt Subaru breaking down rim, just, Absolutely saying for every reason you give me that is a bad reason, I can give you a hundred reasons why I love I love you. And it's like Ouch. Yeah. You don't deserve her. <laughs> I don't I don't want to get too into it because I don't want to get you know, uh there's different perspectives of this, but to give a reason why that works so well for me with Rem, it is an element of the fact that, and this is one of those things that sh- I struggle with, and I, I, this is going to turn into a whole discussion on this whole thing, and so get ready. 
Um, it's it's great that yeah, you have the opening parts. Yeah, Subaru is after Amelia. He's trying to help her. He's trying to to protect her. He's trying to help her through this whole uh, uh, selection thing. And then it at some point they all seem to separate. Everybody disperses, and then it just follows Subaru as he's trying to get to Amelia. And throughout this entire time, Rem is there with him. He's, she's attending with him. And this is following the whole thing with him uh, protecting Rem and Rem. He ends up uh, almost sacrificing himself to save Rem. Roswell comes and saves his butt. But his whole thing was that he put his life on the line to save Rem. And that, that touched her. And she becomes... Of course, she is assigned to to follow him, but she's also very devoted to him because she's seen this very kind and uh, protective side that he showed her. And so she becomes this person that follows with him as he tries to get to Amelia over and over again. But what's so great was that through that, and it was really the whole thing with uh, Subaru in his stupid outburst. I'm going to admit it too. Yes, that was a stupid outburst that he did in front of everybody and embarrassed Amelia. Um, even through I that, I so wanted them to reset that part. <laughs> <laughs> they never did. Um, and then he goes, does this whole thing with uh, Julius and makes himself look like an idiot. He outbursts to Amelia and just says that he's doing everything for her. She doesn't understand that she's that he is he's great and she needs him. He screws up there too. So he's doing all these things that's screwing up. But then Rem's still there and she's still at his side. And it was through all that stuff, and then you see them going forward and getting killed by Beetle Goose, and then you're getting killed by the White Whale, and all these gruesome deaths, and it keeps compounding the fact that Rem is always there through all those things. That you would, it makes sense that when he does this whole outburst and says, after, you know, pretty much Puck tells him, go away, <laughs> okay, well, let's run off together, Rem, and then it's this whole thing, and he's, he's, bursting out against her and she's taking it all she's listening and then she still stands by him and it was just that moment of somebody that is willing to watch you break somebody that is willing to go through so many things so many hardships the nasty things that Beelgus did to him the, the the things that she went through in order to protect him and be by his side it was that strong pure love and and, and uh, doesn't deserve selfishness her. and <laughs> loyalty that she was showing. It was like, it was so pure. It was so fantastic. And then having that whole scene where Subaru's just blurting that crap out. And then she turns around and does her big long speech. It was just heartbreaking. It was like, you do not deserve her, Subaru. <laughs> but that's, that's what it all comes down to. He does not deserve her. <laughs> but let's get into my rant. Because that following that is this really bad stain. <laughs> this is probably the one thing that I hate most about, and it, and it sucks because I, I just talked about how much I love this writer, and I think he's doing a fantastic job. I gushed about him. This is the only thing I don't like about the writing, was this element of, what did we do with Amelia? Yeah, we had the cute scenes at the mansion. We had this whole first arc. And then you go through this long ordeal of trying to save Amelia where Rem is at his side, protect him as always, showing this full loyalty and this this love and affection that she's always had. And he's still like, I love Amelia. It was like, why do we have to do this? Why does every writer feel that the first person he sees and connects to has to be the one at the end of the story? Now, could 
yeah, he could totally go left field sometime later in the story. Right, right now in the novels on the web, he could be going some other direction with maybe he falls in love with Ram and goes around over Ram. We don't know. But for right now, my the story you're telling me is that all that crap happened and he's still stuck on Amelia. That it makes no sense to me. You can well, we, you can say that you still want to save Amelia. That's fine. But that we to had that, that change too, love interest, that that's that's ugh. We had another show that we had that problem with recently, didn't we? Pretty much all anime does that, and that's what that's my point. I hate that writers in anime, and this is probably something in broad spectrum. I just probably haven't seen it enough. That they they attached, the, yeah. Somebody joked about it on Twitter to me, and I'm like, I didn't want to respond to him because technically they just started. It was one of the people that said, "I'm I'm checking out the show because you said," and. They immediately said they were watched. I think they were in episode three. They're like, I can already tell that that the writer is going to be stuck on Subaru being with Amelia, so it doesn't yeah. matter. And I'm like, I wanted to say, yeah, you're right, because that's it's one of those things. They get stuck on that one character. That is going to be the one that the main character and, 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 will and, fall and, to and, the death. And of don't hell. get me wrong, Amelia is cute and yeah. adorable. I yeah. like Amelia. Yeah, but you, <laughs> the the writer sold Rim so hard. It's like. I know I really, really want – I want you to really like Rim because this is the ultimate waifu. But when it comes down to it, eh, Subaru doesn't see it that way. He wants Amelia. Why? It doesn't doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, I, I would half say that Felt was honestly kind of sold a little bit better than Amelia in the first three episodes because that's the only three – during the first three episodes is your entire time of really kind of being sold on Amelia. Does that make sense? Well, they, like I said, they had yeah, some later, time Yeah, the later on in later the episodes, they did a couple of little extra scenes with Amelia. But in the first three episodes, the time that Subaru is supposed to be sold on Amelia, technically he was better sold with Felt. <laughs> And that's the other problem is that that there's no there's no t- that isn't and it's by it's written that way. And we see that with the, the ending of the show. It, she literally turns around and says, I don't know what to do because I've never experienced somebody that has ever showed me love. I don't know how to respond to this because I've always been alone. She never really ever returns anything to him throughout the entire series because she doesn't know how to. And that's how she's written. So how can you how can you weigh his experience with Emilia where all he's doing is basically flirting with her? She doesn't know how to respond to it. She's not re- she's not returning anything. She's not reacting to anything. And that's how she's written. On the other side, you have Rem, at least. She's constantly doing things for him and returning his affection and returning loyalty, returning love, returning uh, protection, doing all these things for him. Why would that not be weighed more than another character? I was more sold on Felix than I was on... <laughs> I go to Felix over Familia. <laughs> Fine. It's not a trap. It's voiced by a chick. It looks like a chick. It's got narrow shoulders like a chick. I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to be with Rem and Felix. We'll be fine. <laughs> I'm good. Chris can have Beetlejuice. No. <laughs> Why didn't you have Beetlejuice? No. Um, anyways, that was like a long tangent there. Beetlejuice is um, best girl. <laughs> this. This. Yeah, one of his hand, one of one of his one of his fingers was uh, was was, was female. female. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That was. <laughs> I think she did a good job too. I I was I forgot to check. Was, I wonder she, if she, I didn't was... like her. She when she came out, I was like, 
oh, that's creepy. But, oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> I forgot to check my MLS to see if they actually listed all those or if that was just a... Well, I guess they could have been, you know, each of the fingers have their own listing, but that would have been, have been awesome to have all those people kind of listed out there. Uh, let's see what else I had on here. Um, I've hit all those ones. Um, da, da, da. Should we talk about the sword saint for a few minutes? That's yeah, fine. She was awesome. I, I I thought she was adorable on all kinds of levels. And yeah, it was yes, it was surprising. I was sold very quickly on her. Well, like I said during the review, it was like. Uh, that was it was like Wilhelm's story came in it was like it was completely out of left field it was during this whole thing of this war with this white whale and then it's like this is out of left field but I'm all for it this is a cute story Stop I like death it. flagging Wilhelm <laughs> yes I, I cannot believe he made it all the way through so. <laughs> and I, I guess that's probably the only complaint that anybody really has with this one is that it didn't seem like the the writer ever really gave up any characters it was it were con- I mean even that last reset that they had was I didn't see them actually doing that. And when it did happen, it was like, okay, so they basically reset losing all these villagers. Like, his the, the later failures during those last final episodes, I thought that was going to be the last one. It's like, okay, this is what they're actually going to stick with. And they just, they short reset it. And it was fine, but it was also one of those moments of, yeah, I can see how people can be all upset in the idea that they didn't, doesn't seem like they ever really commit to anybody dying. So, and I, I, do, I will say the only thing I didn't like about that ending dragged Beetlejuice out a little bit too long. I think they should have left it with, with Reinhardt killing him. The the whole carriage chase thing was not working for me. That was like, I, let it go. Yeah, I, I would almost and have to And then to die agree. by a wheel? <laughs> <laughs> he died to a wheel. He got sucked in a wheel. I, I almost have to agree. I think that that extra scene was kind of not necessary. I think it would have been better... F- I think it would have been better served, and, it, and this could be because the story could be jumping right into something right after that final scene, but it would have been better served to have that have ended, him reach them, and have a little bit of, you know, final after calm, because it really just well, ended on them next to the explosion cut out, and it would have been cool to have some after clips. I would have to say that after the battle with Gluttony, the battle with Sloth almost was would have felt anticlimactic if, if it didn't have that extra scene. I almost want to say that. No. With Julius fighting him, that was epic. It was a great it was a great fight, but for them to just end it like that almost would have felt like it just didn't have that oomph that when you when you stop and think about it, that was a lot more that gluttony <laughs> kind of pulled out. Gluttony it took an entire no. army but my and then is, they went, oh, hey, by the way, there's two more. <laughs> but my point is, let's let's draw let's draw a comparison here. The fight with Julius using Subaru's eyes to fight Beetlejuice and unleash cool. his full attack was a lot more exciting than Carriage running away. Here's your book. Throw something on fire on him and he gets sucked in a wheel. How is that epic in any way? <laughs> it's not like they made it any no, more epic. It's more along the lines of, hey... You thought it was dead, right? No. Two more gluttonies out of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) No, none of that sounds good. None of that. None of that made it any more better. It was literally a chase into a wheel. You understand what I'm saying? Is is that last oomph that they had? Okay. No, because Beetlejuice has been fighting them for like ten episodes, and he finally figured out how to kill him. And it was kind of like it was kind of like okay. 
We just killed all of your fingers. Now it's all that's left is you. So here, fight Mr. Overpowered. And then he dies. But that was following up them fighting him once before where he possessed Subaru and he died. He's been fighting him for a long time. White Whale was two episodes. Yeah, but White Whale, after oh, the army killed him with Wilhelm, then suddenly two more randomly showed up afterwards. No, they they had that last then. oomph. No, they didn't kill it before. Then they attacked it, and then it went up, and then it became multiples, and then they they dropped the big, huge log. They thought on. they had got him, is no, my they point. They didn't know they, they had They thought they no. had they were tearing him up. <laughs> Wilhelm running across there with his blade. <laughs> Wilhelm was, was mad. eating him up. He was mad. Anyways, um, I enjoyed Ram and Ram's uh, backstory. It was it was kind of simple, but it was very heartwarming. I, I love that whole idea of Ram having the power and Ram trying to uh, appease her family by cooking great stuff. And then that was really heartwarming. And that ended up transitioning to why they are the way they are now is because Ram is the one that did all this stuff and so that she's more skilled and all that kind of stuff it was really really sweet let's see i got uh no ram was the one that was perfect and ram was trying to trying to catch up and was jealous and felt guilty for ram having to lose her horn but she was still perfect and ram just never could match up to ram she didn't have the power that she had right <laughs> I, I i remember them saying something about ram pointing out to subaru that Ram was the one that had all the the skills and everything. Ram is perfect in every way. What else do you got? I was just trying to fill some time, Andrew. <laughs> Not throw you off. I'm looking for what else. Anastasia. Anastasia, Krush, and Priscilla. Absolutely interesting. I loved the way that Subaru came up to them, asked them. That's what I was talking about earlier. That He asked them for favors, and they were like, what do you have to give to me? Because we are... We are nobility, and you have nothing to barter with. Yeah, I, I um, my thing on that one was I, I loved how each one of them was different. Like, I like how uh, Priscilla was the, well, kiss my boot. Well, if you're willing to do that, I, I don't get the hell out of here because you're, you're this trash kind of thing. It was really a flip on its head kind of thing. You think that she wants everybody to kiss her boots, but she's actually thinks that's disgusting to get away from her kind of thing. That was really awesome. She was more interested in Subaru as a prideful person than she was a Subaru who was willing to lower himself to something. Yeah. And Krush, I, I liked how Krush had the whole thing of not being able to see through lies, and it was Subaru coming to her with these things that were just completely outrageous, but she couldn't see any kind of lies in them. Uh, Anastasia tricking him and pretty much teaching him how to barter better. That was kind of a cool thing. Um, he was basically learning something from each one of them, which was really cool. And that's that's that was a helmet that I was kind of pointing out in our review. Um, the the witches reach that was an interesting thing in the, the entire show. I blew me away. They had a <laughs> of course for most of the show it was really in the idea if he if if he dies he pulls him back. If if he tries to tell anybody about what his death by return by death was, she would crush his heart and kill him. And there was also the element that I liked how they used that as a tool. I love that he would he would try to say it in order to draw her out, to increase the stench of the witch, to draw hellions and stuff to him. That was really cool little kind of trick that he learned to kind of utilize that to benefit himself. It was really cool. Um, but I'd never really ever seen the whole thing with Amelia happening. No, that, 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 was, that blew uh, me away. Talk it was, about talk about. 
punch I in mean, the face. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was, it was, uh, well, I'll show you, I'm going to tell her, and it was, yeah, it was a, don't take this lightly, it's not that you're the only one I can kill kind of thing, and I, and I immediately, it was, it was funny, because there was a lot of confusion on the whole thing, because people were saying, uh, that he, that he wasn't touched, but no, he was, she was literally caressing his heart, but killed Amelia's, it was literally a, it was literally almost like she was, you know, Rubbing her hand across his chin saying, look, you don't have the power that you think you have. And I think that was also another ep- awesome episode because following that they had, or during following that scene, you had Beatrice showing up, transporting him out. Then you had Puck showing up. It was the first time we've seen Puck in the full big size form besides the shadow that we've seen where she, <laughs> he cut off his head. That was a epic scene uh i i think of this entire show besides rem's whole scene which was fantastic just production uh music tone sound everything was perfect in that whole scene where he comes in the snowstorm's going nuts the show the had music it. kicks in and his head just falls off i was like it was brutal it was beautiful because he was holding rem and she's she's destroyed it was just that episode left me with such a broken gut (laughs) i absolutely adore the way that this show had the ability to as torturous as it was cliffhangers yeah this show knows how to do cliffhangers and it's not that i i i to compound to that it knew how to balance between okay we have a good cliffhanger here but we don't want to cliffhanger it with just a here no it took the time to actually space it out all the way until that 2352 mark that was like no musical openings yes. ever <laughs> it, it, it didn't it didn't waste time if we're going to do a cliffhanger we're going to do it right you're going to get absolutely the maximum amount of time of this show and it went from the beginning and it didn't have an opening and it went all the way till the end and it never had an ed but it it'll have the music and it always mood m- music to kind of Im- compound the point. But yeah, this show just never did it. I I yeah, it it was awesome. <laughs> like uh, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> um, I think that's all I have. Um, I wanted to see more, more Roswell. Roswell. Roswell was was definitely one of those characters that. You knew he was like extremely powerful. Like the the scene where Rem is is uh was it was sick, poisoned, and or cursed technically, and Rem was trying to get answers from him, and Beatrice was protecting him, and then Roswell's like swirling things around his hand. It's like this isn't gonna go well. Like you know this Roswell guy is really powerful, and of course he shows it when he when he kills the Helion. It's like dude's really strong, and he's a really he's got a lot of character to him. So it was almost like this one of the things where I wanted to see more of him, but at the same time. There's all these other characters I want to see more, so I completely forgot about him. <laughs> like Patrice, I I I, I want to see her unleashed. I mean, yeah, technically you had that scene a little bit there, but it never really showed you what her true potential was. But I agree, Rosewell was another one. I would have loved to have seen what she could, uh, what what he could truly do. Mimi right? and Hetero was awesome, huh? Mimi and Hetero, the, the little yeah. cat girl and the cat boy. Well, yeah, the the more and more you see all these characters, the more and more you realize, okay, these these higher up characters are really awesome because you know Julius is he's pretty awesome. Wilhelm is really pretty pretty awesome, 
and there's these characters who are quote unquote over them. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's all my little notes. That's 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 everything. But um, yeah, there's there's so much more to talk about. Just continue to gush though. Yep. <laughs> I can't wait for this one to hit. Elsa Blu-ray. never came back. I was surprised. I, I fully expected to see another Elsa episode. Yeah. Well, I expect to see Felt come back eventually, but she disappeared again. <laughs> it was like at the, the first arc, there's Felt, and then she disappears, and then she comes, she disappears with the second arc, and then the third arc, she pops up, and then she disappears for the rest of the arc, and then we never ever see her again. So it was like, okay, they were doing something with Felt there. We never did cute. get a real big breakdown of how the the sins work because we do know that the the witch is called the jealous witch. So does that mean she's one of the seven sins, or is she? Because everybody else seemed to. Uh, worship her in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, sadly, I think I got that spoiled for me. Um, Super, <laughs> of course, was Pride. Sloth was Beetlejuice. You had Gluttony was uh, the White Whale. So, well, do we know that yeah, for a fact that Subaru is Pride? He, they just kept referring yeah. to him as Pride. Right. It was. It was a thing where it was. He had the potential. That's for sure. We know that. No, the the problem was that when Beetlejuice first met him. He didn't experience Subaru's pride. He was broken, but he still called him prideful. Or no, he he at first said that he was slothful, but then at some point he said he was pride. You're right. But Subaru didn't do anything in that moment to insinuate that he was prideful. Well, he has the witch's scent. He knows that he's attached to the witch in some way. That's why Beetlejuice, every time that he's seen him, he always kind of implied, hey, you are attached to the witch in some way. Are you pride? Because, and he always asked, are you pride? And then Subaru never would, would kind of, sometimes he would play with it and say, yeah, I am pride. Or sometimes he would say, no, I'm not pride. But um, Beetlejuice never knew for sure. So he knew that he was attached to the witch in some way. He assumed that it was because he was the sin of pride. But why would the assumption be there? Unless he knew, he knew all the other ones. Because he knew he was attached to the witch and probably his predominant trait is pride. But how can he make that assumption when all Subaru's doing is chained up sitting next to a wall? He, he would either have to know all the other sins and know that he's the only one left or seeing him do something well, prideful. You're, you're yeah. trying to guess as much as I'm trying to guess. No, I just I'm know. just saying he... I, I just know that he, that like like Gluttony, I mean, I, I don't know where Gluttony came from, but randomly Gluttony was there. And yeah, Beetlejuice... I, I came out nowhere they're like... Oh yeah, I guess technically he would be going. <laughs> like I wasn't actually insinu- I wasn't actually connecting that that was one of the sins, and it was just suddenly on our yeah yeah. I guess that makes sense. And okay. then uh, and Beetlejuice says he's sloth, so we know that those two. Uh, yeah, at some point he mentions Subaru as sloth, but he did keep bringing up. He's pride calling everybody all. sloth though. That's his thing. Yeah, it <laughs> was truly slothful. Guy so, came over and said we failed to do this. Well, you're slothful. Die. But yeah, yeah he did ke- keep bringing up pride involving Subaru. So maybe he just had um, qualities that imply pride in some way that are somehow mixed in with the witch's scent. I know that he probably assumed that he was a because he had the um, the level to be a cardinal, which is what Beetlejuice was. That's why he was he was willing to use him as a finger um, and just took over uh, Subaru at one point. Yeah, that 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 last 
that scene with Super getting taken over and, and Felix breaking and Julius breaking, it was like, oh, that was a bad scene. It hurt watching that one, them break. That one was another one of those those episodes that, or that, that particular scene was like... And that was a cliffhanger too. Yeah, it was a cliffhanger and I was like, Oh my gosh, are they are they really going to do it? <laughs> it was sad seeing Felix all sad. <laughs> Broke my heart. Like every time these characters are broken, it just hurts watching like Rem breaking or or even Rom breaking over Rem and I, I Felix tell you breaking. Truth. I tell you the truth. I mean felt I, breaking. The, the the one scene that I really questioned whether or not I was going to continue watching was Rem getting killed by Beetlejuice. That was bad. And then she crawling to him. Like, oh, Oh, yes. The crawling to him. I was like, oh. To to let him out, to to free him. It was like, I was in tears. That that hurt. That scene hurt. It was like that. That was selling me so hard on her. And then after that, it was the whole episode eighteen thing. It was like, yeah, I'm buying this gigantic, uh, full size wall (laughs) scroll. I almost got the Dakimakura. (laughs) Please give me the two figures of her. I'm getting a Shikishi. It's like anything ram on it. I want. If yeah, from that point on, anything. She's on my wallpaper. Andrew, you buying this? If not, I I'll get it. Oh no! You already bought it. Never mind. <laughs> the uh, the Dakimakura sold out so quick, and they they released it around the episode eighteen point, and it sold out. They said they had delay because of the high call for it, and then they did a second release of it like two months later. It was like, yeah, this show is getting huge. <laughs> And everybody, and it's like all the memes of, uh, I love the memes of, I love Rem. I love them so much. Oh, yes. Because that, 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 that is, <laughs> we both, hate, we both were looking at it and we were like, she didn't say it. Dang, damn it. <laughs> I, yeah. I hate, uh, I hate memes, but that is the one meme that I love every time I see it is these little <laughs> clips of, of the one of them was the final episode where. Amelia's over Subaru and Subaru's like, I did it because I love you or something like that. And, and it has like her but smile. I love Rim. And then the final one, the final thing says, I love Rim. <laughs> it was like, it took. Ultimate love triangle that I would totally be on board with. Because it was, it was in response to the whole scene where Rim is pouring out her heart and Subaru's like, at that final moment, I love Amelia. And it was like having all these people point out all these characters rejecting somebody and saying they love her. Other shows where somebody's confessing to somebody and they respond <laughs> saying, I love Rim. It's just great stuff. Even the, the, the Nazi, the Nazi, the, the, um, Hitler meme did one of that. And he's angry to death about Subaru saying that. He's just ticked <laughs> off and screaming. Everybody's terrified because he's mad Subaru said that. And he's like, screw it. I'll take Rim. And everybody's like, she's 2D. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, we can't really push it much more. Not really pushing, I just can't stop talking. <laughs> so, yeah. We hope you guys enjoyed this spoiler discussion of ReZero, Starting Life in Another World. We hope that you actually watched the show and you didn't get spoiled on everything, because otherwise you're a bad person and you should go watch it. I hope somebody picks it up. It has not yet even been announced by anybody if anybody has a license for it, so I hope somebody gets it. I hope somebody that does it justice? I almost am afraid of Funimation getting it from Crunchyroll because I want beautiful Blu-ray. It's a beautiful good show. Yep. They pour their heart in the show. Like this is a this is White Fox 
where they they just do great stuff. Like the Katana Katari, this is another one of them just going full out, having end-to-end shows with no openings and closing. You knew that they were pouring some really great soul into this one, so I want it bad. And I want some figures of Rem already. Oh, I loved the thanks for the fan... Or f- Th- thanks for the service. Yeah, that was awesome. It <laughs> was awesome because it, it it was it was it was one of those kind of off the wall things that you kind of just seen it there and you were like, wait. Well, you know they opened that one up. They I think at some point Rem mentioned the idea of it being okay. Like he can still be with her. It's not. <laughs> he was, it's just something like it's okay if you get with Amelia because technically I don't have to go anywhere. You can have a mistress or something like that. It was, <laughs> it was great. I love that kind of stuff. But anyways, uh, we thank you guys for listening. Or listening. Hope you guys enjoyed the spoiler discussion for it. We're going to close with Stay Alive by Rie Takahashi, who was the voice of Amelia. It was a fantastic song. I was happy they didn't use it for the last closing parts of the last episode because it wouldn't fit. But I use it. they used it a little bit earlier, which was a bit more fitting. Um, but yeah, it's from ReZero, the second ED. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed. And uh, you all take care. Oh, stas! Das! Oh, stas! It hurts trying to do it. Dosh! Yes! Dosh! <laughs> Got my throat.
放すぎる余計なお世話スバル細胞が好きなんですかわかりましたはいエミリア様姉様も反省していますさすが姉様は野菜の皮むきする姿も絵になりますあまり変な声を出さないでください姉様は素敵でしょう屋敷での仕事では身分を示す意味では説明する必要がなくて合理的だと思います問題ありませんどうですか姉様姉様大変です今お客様の頭の中で卑猥な恥ずかしめを受けています姉様がかわいそうで不愉快で細胞すぎる余計なお世話スバル細胞が好きなんですかわかりましたはいエミリア様姉様も反省していますさすが姉様は野菜の皮むきする姿も絵になりますあまり変な声を出さないでください姉様は素敵でしょう屋敷での仕事では身分を示す意味でも説明する必要がなくて合理的だと思います聞かしたてよさすが姉様こんな貧相な格好で働かせておくなんてできないわやるしさすが姉様知らないわきっと生まれてきたのが間違いだわさすが姉様当たり前でしょ罵声を浴びて興奮するド変態さすが姉様はいはいご苦労様失望を隠すのに苦労するわ食らうがいいわバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバルスバル
もいい子になりますよでもでもご近所では有名なおしどり夫婦なんて言われてしまってでもでも声が好きです。頭を撫でられるのが